everybody. Welcome to episode number 157 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is February 16th, 2021. I'm Robert Ring. With me is the amazing Mr. Jay Totoro. Hello, hello. And back from IndiePod is Josh from IndiePod. I'm back, baby! What's up, Josh? What's up? Welcome not back. much, not much. How you been? I'm glad. Uh, thank you. Uh, I've been well. Uh, I'm glad to be back. I've been relatively okay. You know, the whole pandemic, uh, you know, all things considered uh, kind of quote that you just slap onto everything. That's yeah. pretty much my life right now. I uh, I bought a house, so I've just been oh, doing nice. that shit. I know it's it's been crazy, dude. I, it's one of those things where you you get into it and like I love it. I love the neighborhood. I love the lifestyle, and I'm like chilling with it. But at the same time, there's always that that you know that small piece in the back of my mind that's like, damn, I wish I could just rent. Still, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this much responsibility, dude. There's so many things I don't know. It like owning a house is basically like trying to you know you 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 do certain things in your life for so long and you become the master of certain things and you're like i'm fucking good like i i'm golden i know how to do all the things i need and then you buy a house and you're like oh wait i'm actually a baby and i know fucking nothing <laughs> yeah and that's that, basically been me and also i don't know about you but for me the house buying process was like crazy stressful. Oh, it was awful it was so awful, dude. There's, I don't know about other places, but in the Florida area, there's just so many people who are buying houses just straight up with like just cash. Oh, and really? I'm like, how do you compete with this? And yeah. it's so weird to me because I was talking to uh, a couple of people and they were like, yeah, it's the same thing over in like, I think it was in uh, Massachusetts. And I was like, this is nutty. Like, if you have that much money, why are you just buying it? Like, get a better house then. Like, what are you doing? Like, who <laughs> who saves up that much money to then be like, all right, I'm all in. Like, it just seems crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit nuts. It's a little bit nuts sounding. But no, other than that, I've been good. Just doing lots of lots of indie pod stuff, man. Uh, you know the deal. Yeah. So uh, Vaughn is not here because what we decided to do, pretty much in general, moving forward, I think, is when we have guests on from another podcast or you know anything. If there are more than one of them, then we're gonna split them into different episodes. Like, so we'll have Vaughn on some other episode sometime because, as pretty much all of our listeners, I'm sure probably know. We tend to run very, very long, <laughs> and that's that's before we even have guests on. And so then when we have one guest on, yeah, that makes it longer. If we have two guests on, it's just completely, it's just forget about it. I know. So, I had uh, to dip out of both of those those ones that we, we got yeah. on just because of the time difference. <laughs> you had to leave both those. You may have to leave this one. Who, who knows? Uh, know. We'll see. We'll but see. But hopefully I mean, this will at least help. It's a little different because like now I got the house right. And before I was living in a one bedroom apartment with my wife and I was a cr like I was in this <laughs> tiny living room where right on the same side of that wall was where she was sleeping. So uh, she got so pissed. She literally the first time I did this, uh, this show with you guys, she, the next day she was like, no more. You can't talk to them anymore. <laughs> you can't talk to them. <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's like, I can't sleep. You're too loud. And I was just like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Well, sorry so, that we got you in trouble there. That's okay. No, I got my own place now. I specifically bought a house just so I could I could come back on this show. I'm ready to party. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, that's that's commitment. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. For, so Vaughn will be back sometime. But Josh, why don't you give us a quick update on how IndiePod? So I don't even know if you guys had changed the name yet last time you were on. 
Uh, that's a good point. But I used had to, no idea. Used to be Indian incursion, um, yes. or Indian incursion, however you want to say it. And then you changed <laughs> it to people did. And then you changed it to IndiePod. Uh, so how how's IndiePod? Yeah, so IndiePod's doing pretty well. We um, and then let me. I'm sorry for any new listeners. By the way, it's it's a it's a podcast focused on indie games. That is correct. Uh, so, and as our, our Patreons like to say, uh, it is a question-based podcast that has uh, some talk about indie games. Okay. It's a, it's a weird, <laughs> it's yeah. a very weird joke where there is, we we do a number of different things. So IndiePod has has blown up into a bit more than just what it was when we were probably on the first time. Yeah, so yeah. We, we have episodes uh, that are reoccurring every Friday, which are the normal news episodes that Vaughn and I always do. And that is a, a mixture of both... What have we been playing from an indie perspective? Uh, what's the news in the indie game world? Like what's what's happening right now? We always pick out a Kickstarter or a crowdfunded game, whether it be like on Fig or Indiegogo, uh, and talk about, you know, is this game worth it to basically back? Uh, and then the last part is listener questions, which generally this is our the same with you guys, how you're like, oh, we kind of run long. Like that is the reason why we run long is because <laughs> that section alone we've joked about can probably be its own episode because it's like a 40 minute of just people who write in dumb questions and <laughs> yep. sometimes have nothing to do with indie games. Um, but it's always a fun time. I've definitely um, never written in a dumb question. I've uh, you asked us the other day uh, about a like a car racing thing like indie car racing and both Vaughn and I were like we don't play uh, racing games <laughs> so like we're not the people to ask. <laughs> Oh, Robert! Our listeners gave better get be, uh, better insight than than we did. But which, you've uh, played a racing game before. I've played a racing game. Yes, I played Crazy. That's Taxi. all that was required. Good game. Come on. Well, I don't. <laughs> Great game. What are you talking taxi. about? I mean, it's it's not a it's not a racing game per se, but it's got cars. Okay. What's the difference? You know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, cars, we'll, we'll, driving fast. You're racing against the the people. You know, you're trying to not kill them. You're it's racing. Okay, race. sure. It's 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 a race against. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I got, I'll, I'll give you a that. Race against time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, we also do, I have, uh, developer interviews where every Wednesday they go live, where I sit down with a dev in the indie space and talk to the, them just about, you know, their process, uh, how they got into indie games, all about their games, things like that. And then, uh, we, we just started doing, uh, for those who like IndiePod, if you come over and listen and want to give us any support, we have a Patreon over there. Uh, you can just give us a dollar and you get episodes for free, uh, well, you always get episodes for free, but you get them early for free. Uh, technically, that's not even true because it's for a dollar. So I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm <laughs> clearly not the person to hype this up. Uh, I, I feel like I'm trying to swindle people out of money, <laughs> but not really. Um, but basically, part of that is we started a what we call a book club. And we have uh, every other month or so, we'll play a game with the Patreons and have them uh, send in like voice clips and talk to them like all about, Oh, these are our opinions about the game. What are yours? And go through that, which is cool. like a really fun community experience. Yeah. Uh, we tried it with spirit fair, which wasn't great for our audience. Cause both Vaughn and I were like, this is a good game and we can see promise in it, but it's definitely not for us. And all okay. of our community was pretty much the same. And oh, really? I, I felt yeah, I felt kind of bad because there was a lot of people who were just kind of shitting on it. And I was just like, <laughs> well, this is a weird episode. <laughs> That's funny that you say that. I just started playing that game. Uh, I haven't got. I've I've probably gotten two two and a half hours in maybe, and 
I kind of fell off. I, I don't know. I, I think I like it more than it sounds like you guys did, but I also didn't get hooked on it. Yeah. I will. So the problem with that, and I know this is a weird like <laughs> tangent, but the problem with Spirit Fair for us was for the most part, like I loved the story and the, the actual, like the, the meaning behind yeah, yeah. a lot of what was happening, but I just, I, I can't do those management Sims that are like that because I am the type of person who gets very, uh, just anal about constantly having to do something. Hmm. And it becomes a game where the, the idea of spirit fair is a very tranquil, tranquil and peaceful game. That's, you know, uh, kind of take it at your own pace and for me it became more of this anxious thing of like i gotta be fishing i gotta be doing this i gotta be cooking i gotta be walking over here i gotta be talking to this person and it became i can see that for sure yeah it became more of this nightmare of like just anxiety and i was like this is not peaceful and i'm just getting stressed (laughs) out i don't want to play this i was not i wouldn't say i was getting stressed out about it but i do but i think I, i did have a similar experience where i was trying to sort of like min max my time spent right. on doing things is like, all right, I just hit the navigation thing. We're heading this place. Now I'm going to jump over here and swim. And then, I, oh, this shit's done cooking. I need to run over there and get something else cooking while that, since that's done. Oh, in the meantime, I pass by these plants that need to be watered. Uh, and it's not really, like you said, it's not really supposed to be played that way. Yeah. So it, it, it just didn't fit my, uh, my style. Um, but the, the whole point of, of going, you know, this deep into this tangent was really just to say, we do a bunch of shit over at IndiePod. We talk about a lot of fun stuff. We talk all about indie games and everything else as well. Um, and uh, yeah, anyone is welcome in the community. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, Very you guys cool. have definitely kind of sort of expanded in a way since uh, since you were last since you were last on. As far as you know, doing like the the all those developer interviews and all that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride uh, ever since uh, COVID's hit, but it's been uh, you know silver lining. There's been a lot of good that came out of it. Right. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, let's talk about classic gaming news. Got a few things here, and then we'll jump into the games that we've been playing lately. Um. Uh, Nintendo has announced has uh, well, has released new games for the Switch Online uh, NES and SNES oh, libraries. Cool. Yep, we got for Super Nintendo. There were there were four games total across both uh, consoles. For Super Nintendo, we got Doomsday Warrior. Uh, I looked this up and I already for oh oh yeah, it's like a fighting it's a fighting game. Uh, Prehistoric Man, which is just kind of a caveman platformer. And Psycho Dream, which looks super cool, actually. This is more of a of an action platformer. I think it was only released in Japan until now. I could be wrong about it, but uh, it looks it, Psycho Dream looks super cool. The others look kind of like Take It or Leave It. Psycho Dream looks pretty awesome. I'm not really familiar with any of them. Then for NES, we got Fire and Ice, which is a puzzle platformer. So no no huge big titles, but uh, where's my Earthbound? Where's Earthbound? <laughs> That's the big one everybody's waiting for. What uh, Mario RPG also, right? Yes, yes. Those I are kind of the, those games. Those are the big two. Um, I would love, even though I already own Earthbound, I would really love to see it on here because I would like to play it on the Switch so that I can play it on the gigantic screen or if like my family is using it, then obviously just play it on the Switch. That's That's kind of what I've been holding out for as far as when i play earthbound again i kind of am waiting for it to to come out on here but uh yeah i Earthb- need, need to play it for the first time oh it's wow. a great game i played it for the first yeah. time like a couple years after we started the podcast and uh and it's it pretty much 
totally lived up to expectations. I've it's always been one of those those like uh just games that I've I've wanted to play for the longest time but I've just never gotten to it. Mm-hmm. And then I I was in this like this idea that you know all these games are coming to switch i was like i'll just wait until it comes on switch it'll <laughs> be soon out. and i'm still <laughs> just waiting yep. i just feel like it's it's gonna be me just like in a just skull and bones still waiting for that earthbound port well there's supposed to be a nintendo direct tomorrow maybe that's the <laughs> maybe that's the announcement <laughs> that's just Hopefully. the announcement 50 minutes <laughs> of just earthbound <laughs> um all right so yeah those were announced for the switch online stuff we got a, uh, in other news, we got a Sonic the Hedgehog Lego set coming. This was a, <laughs> Lego does, like, fan submission things every now and then, and they pick one to actually license and make. And here, I'll show you guys, here, here's a picture of it that's on this article. Uh, this isn't, like, the finalized version, but this is what the person sent in that they approved, so it'll be something similar to this. Uh, if you like Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, it looks pretty cool. It's got... Doctor, like a gigantic Doctor Robotnik. Uh, it's got like a little loop from the uh, the little loop you run through on uh, fucking what's the name of the first level? It's Green Hills. Green Hills. I couldn't remember if it was Green Valley or something like that. Green Hills, and um, then like a couple little robots, a couple little bad guys. Honestly, the set doesn't <laughs> doesn't look that great to me. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, but. <laughs> But Dr. Robotnik does look cool. Yeah, that is the one piece that I'm like, that looks legit. And it, it kind of looks like, based on the way that the there's like that blur effect, it looks like if you press a button on the back, his like claws will shoot out, oh, which man. I think is pretty Maybe cool. so, yeah, yeah. I didn't notice but, that. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, Sonic's looking mad weird <laughs> as that blocky boy. He's <laughs> looking so strange. <laughs> I do like the touch of the little... Uh, my like computer monitor thing the yeah. ones that you jump on to get whatever like get power-ups and stuff mm-hmm. they got one of those on here that does look pretty cool but yeah i don't know well, well again this isn't the final version so maybe it'll be cooler but I, I, right. to be fair i'm not the biggest sonic fan anyways so probably the wrong person to ask but it looks okay <laughs> I mean, it still it still looks cool. It's just I feel like, especially after going from like that Mario one that came out, and then they're like, mm-hmm. "And here's Sonic," and you're like, "Wow, that is quite a downgrade." <laughs> Even in the Lego world, Mario's beaten Sonic. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, and then one more piece of news we got: uh, scrapped gold. This is from I read this on. I think this. I think a, a dozen places probably reported this, but I read this on uh, the BBC. Uh, scra- the scrapped GoldenEye remaster has been leaked online. Uh, so, of course, GoldenEye for Nintendo 64 was a huge hit. Evidently, when was this? Like, I feel like it was 10 or 15 years ago. Could be totally wrong about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was 2007. They're, they were going to release a remastered version of it for Xbox. And they even made it and as far as i understand basically finished it but then when evidently when they finished the game they realized that they forgot to ask like one guy at nintendo who had veto power over it whether it was okay and he was like no wow (laughs) so uh it never got released like he basically said no we're never going to release any nintendo game on xbox uh you can't you can't do it so like 
that was it. And they couldn't do anything about it. So uh, the game was, again, more or less finished, it sounds like. And it's been leaked now, so I'm sure you can find it if you look hard enough. I didn't know that there was ever a real... Like, I never knew that this ever existed. Like, that, that, that I never knew that this potentially existed. Right. That's what's so weird about this. Is like, of all the times for us to learn about this, why now in 2021, so <laughs> many years later? Like, it seems like a weird thing for them to just drop out of nowhere. Yeah, it really does. Do you think this has got to be the best licensed game? Hmm trying to think if there's really i mean i'm sure there's been something but well okay besides star wars games um God, I mean, how can i don't you know beat the, this tales games are pretty good like the, i'm thinking of like the old like platformer like the the like the lion kings or like the Aladdin oh yeah games. sure like, ducktales was ducktales was great games. i don't know if it i don't know if it's golden island level great level. though yeah. i don't know though because i because i have a lot of nostalgia for goldeneye but i've heard other people who have like looked at that game afterwards and say like oh yeah this doesn't age well jay doesn't like it no not a huge fan you you didn't yeah. like it like i didn't really like yeah i didn't love it as a kid either though yeah you didn't oh, like okay. it well that's though. yeah yeah because i loved it as a kid but uh it's one of those games it's kind of funny we actually just talked about this on IndiePod the other day uh about like games that you're afraid to go back to because oh, yeah. you don't want that that uh, rose tinted covered you know that lens over your eyes to be shattered because you're like oh this is actually a bad game <laughs> and it was just i was a kid and didn't realize kind of a thing yeah I gotta, not that i'm saying golden eye is but right but that does happen i'm planning on playing it this year it's on my new year's resolutions list so maybe i'll maybe i, I will let every, everybody know once and for all with the final verdict on whether it's good or bad is yeah, I don't know. So anyway, that that's been leaked. So there it is. <laughs> there you got it. Okay, we got. I think that's all. Jay, you don't have any any news to add, do you? No, not this time. Okay. Um, who should go? I want. Let's. I think we should make a. Uh, <laughs> I think we should make a Josh sandwich here, and uh, Jay oh. or I will go first and let Josh go in the middle. That's where I love to go. Who should go? Who should go first? Uh, okay, so, Jay. Uh, for this episode of podcast, yeah, you go what? ahead. Go ahead. I hate you. <laughs> Just not fun. Um. So for this uh, episode of podcast, I actually what played game did you two play? total games. Stop it, Robert. I'm gonna mute you. Anyways, um, so I actually played two games for the podcast this week, or excuse me, for this episode, and actually completed both of them. Um, the first one, which you and I chatted about a little bit the other night, is uh, Final Fantasy III. Oh, which, oh, ouch! Yeah, this was. Oh, I wanted to check my 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 finish time because I actually am, am not sure how long it took me, but it was uh, very very long. So Final Fantasy III, I, I ended up skipping over to after playing it for a few hours because I was just so frustrated with um, some of the mechanics and just really the pacing of the game and it just to me felt like it wasn't structured well to really give you an idea of, of where you need to go early on, which just made me get frustrated and die a bunch of times and stop playing it. So I moved over to three because um, I kind of, I wanted to go into the you know, sort of positive mindset. I was hoping it would be better than two and that I would be able to really just enjoy the game. 
And I did. It, it is um, the beginning of, of Final Fantasy III is really well structured. I feel like it gives you a, a nice sense of where you need to go. Uh, there's good pacing on the battles, and you can go off the rails a little bit and get beat up and, and die in the early stages. But it's much much less than the second one. So I was very happy when I when I first started playing Final Fantasy III because it just seemed like a, a better version of two. It wasn't one because I'd already played one recently, and it was still obviously uh, one of the only Final Fantasies for the regular Nintendo. So um, this game is interesting. I feel like I have a very abusive relationship with this game. I would play it for hours and then I would get stuck on something ridiculous. And then I would just try a bunch of different strategies, spend like an hour trying to figure out how to beat something. Like, and when I say beat something, I mean to kill a boss. In almost every single case, it was I got stuck at a boss and I could not beat it. So uh, I would end up just stop playing for the night. I'd be like, oh, this game is so stupid. I'm just, I'm just going to stop there. I've played it enough. Like, I, I can talk about it for the podcast. And the next day, I'm like, well, what if I did this? And then I could change classes. Maybe if I just level a little bit more, or oh, maybe I'd do spells or new armor. And then I would get back on and grind a little bit and then maybe make some progress. I'm like, okay, I can do this. And then I would, the same thing would happen. I'd get to another boss, get stuck, get really frustrated, stop playing for a day or so, and then come back. It's just, it's just an awful, awfully abusive relationship. So um, rewind. So, so this game has a lot of improvements from the earlier ones in terms of quality of life, um, as well as some of the other interact, let's say some of the other things as it relates to your characters and your classes and stuff which is very, very exciting. Um, this game is incredibly grindy, and I'm sure, Robert, you can attest to that. Uh, fuck yes, it is, especially <laughs> in the end. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll get to it. Yeah, I'll get there. But yeah, it is stupid the way, yeah, it's terrible. So, like, as I said, the game started out very positively. I really enjoyed it. Um, the music's great. There's some updated visuals in the combat, and I feel like the music fits the game much, much more appropriately than it did in 2. I feel like 2 just didn't make sense for fights, and even really the overall music, I didn't think it was that great. In the third one, I really enjoyed the music. I thought the battle music was good. Um, it is obviously very repetitive. It's a short track, but it's still very enjoyable, even after doing you know a several hundred battles or whatever it, is, whatever it takes to beat the game. As well as, if I remember correctly, there was actually different music for bosses, which was pretty darn cool, because if you think in Final Fantasy 1, you have the same battle music, if I'm not mistaken, the entire game. So it's a nice little, <laughs> nice little update there just to give you a little bit of variety. And, and the ba boss battle music is pretty good, if I remember correctly. It's, it's got a good, um, a good pace to it for a boss Nothing battle. about it. The game is good. <laughs> oh, Damn. Th th this game does some things well um i, I like the, the updated animations especially because there's a lot of more weapons you can use in this game such as like range Hold weapons. On, real quick sorry to interrupt you played the famicom version right i did actually yeah so i okay. played a ported version from the famicom that somebody somebody did as a project and they ported it over to um, my nes emulator so we we, I pro we probably should have pointed out that you played the the real final fantasy 3 not final fantasy 6 which was released as three in the states but yeah so this is the real final fantasy three and uh as you just said you played the a port like well not a port but like a fan-made uh localization of the famicom version yeah which okay. from, from the gotcha. research i did it seems like it's it's uh looked at pretty positively in terms of authenticity gotcha okay cool which is pretty cool um in terms of the yeah. story as as you could probably attest to robert it is very simple it's the same story we've seen two times before gather the crystals there's bad stuff gather yeah, the crystals, crystals. Don't uh, you are those crystals. you are the chosen <laughs> yep. yeah you are the chosen mm -hmm. but um yeah so classes so i was very excited in the beginning stages of the game because it has classes which in my mind anytime i play a final fantasy game with classes i get really excited because it makes me think of final fantasy tactics this game <laughs> could not be farther from that 
unfortunately. There's a lot of classes in the game, but you don't you don't acquire them by leveling up or by um, gaining you know certain levels of certain classes. Uh, it is from progressing in the game, which is really frustrating to me because early on you kind of get stuck with some character with, with some of the classes, and then after you get the first crystal, you get more classes, and then it obviously brings and repeats for the other three. And towards the end, you just have so many classes, it's just kind of overwhelming. Like there's probably 20 plus classes, maybe more, that you can choose from. And early on, I was like, oh, this is so much. Like there's there, there's so many different classes. I don't know what they do. The game doesn't really give you a good description of what they do or what their abilities, what what their abilities do which was like just kind of all over the place. But the sad thing is, as you get to later stages of the game, there's essentially only a handful of classes you can actually play with. There, It, it goes from having like a black mage or a white mage or a geomancer or a conjurer or a summoner to just, oh yeah, everybody's a sage, which is the, the essentially the, the caster. And it can use white magic and black magic. I think it can use all magic in the game. So instead yeah, of being so. like kind of unique and as you expand the classes... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I said I think you're right. Yeah, you can use it both kinds yeah and it just it kind of waters it down because you're really excited about the class it's like okay this is gonna be kind of cool i want to try these different builds um you know as i was progressing through the game i would get to points where i would just be like oh i'm still gonna use my white mage and black mage almost the entire game because the new classes just weren't that appetizing and if especially for your white mage it was really difficult because you essentially need to, to stay alive throughout the game so it was the classes were poorly executed. I did not like the barrier to entry that they had where you had to essentially get far enough into it with the crystals. And then the fact that the classes essentially just kind of got better and better, minus a couple things here and there, throughout the entire game. So you basically would just switch to the new, better version of what you, whatever you are. Yeah, and I didn't it's not like that. Final Fantasy the, the Tactics. Classes... Sorry, you go, oh, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. No, no, I'm lagging a little bit. Sorry if I overtalk you. No, that's fine. I was just saying, it's not like how you said. It's not like how in Tactics, it's like you can stick with one class and just level up through the whole game, and it, and mm-hmm. that's a viable way to, to play. This one's like, no, if you get a new class, you pretty much need to switch to that new class. And you and it's weird that you unlock classes by just beating bosses, too, I thought. Yeah. It's just, it's not exciting. It, it's it, That part of it, how you unlock them, just not exciting, because you really can't do anything to impact yeah. that. It's just like, boom, and- here you go. Yeah, and the other thing that frustrated me too is, is again, you don't get a good description of the classes, but also you don't understand what their equipment is. I got a Viking, which actually I want to ask you, Josh, if you played a Viking in really any video game, what would you anticipate the role of it would be and what kind of equipment would it use? Hmm. I think a Viking would probably use something like, you know, axes. Um, Perfect. Maybe a shield, possibly, but maybe not. And I think it would be like a kind of like a berserker character. Would you think it would be more focused on sustaining taking damage or dealing damage? Um, if you had to choose one, I think it would. Well, when I think of a Viking, I think of kind of like a mix, to be honest, because I like that's kind of why I use berserker. So I'm thinking of literally, uh, and I know you'll know this, Jay, but literally the berserker class in Gloomhaven. Oh yeah, of oh, like. Yeah take damage deal damage kind of a thing yeah like like, like you're you're not a tank but you kind of have high hp and you get damage like dealt to you in order to deal crazy amounts right. of damage exactly yes yeah so in this game i had thought that as well so i made my primary dps because i had my primary dps who was a red mage and then he was a monk and then i was like okay viking like that's another dps class and then uh, my main character i was like okay i'm gonna make him into uh, uh, Dragoon. I was thinking, okay, Dragoons wear heavy armor. Like, I can wear a shield. I'll be a little bit tankier. 
Come to find out, the Viking is the tank. It's apparently the best tank in the game. And the Dragoon is, is, ge is generally considered to be like a heavy damage dealing character. And, and just like, for me, I'm like, that is ridiculous. Like, I would have never guessed that the Viking would be the tankiest character in the game. Now, mind you, there's not a huge variety of armor. So it doesn't, it, there's not really any other major signifiers that stick out to say whether something is a tank or not. But that part just kind of threw me off. The classes, they don't, they don't like, again, the description's not there. It doesn't really give you a true sense of what they're for or what they do. It's just, it's a very interesting concept with a poorly executed, uh, but it's poorly executed. And the other thing that's really frustrating or kind of challenging about it is if you are generally doing one type of strategy of classes, so like if you are leveling a red mage and then a monk, you're, as your character levels, they're going to get stat points, at least I believe so, that will amplify that type of character. So if you have a character that's primarily been like a, a heavy armor tank, and then maybe you want to switch them over to DPS, okay, maybe that's okay. But if you want to switch one of those to like a heavy caster, the stats you've built up throughout the game are not going to impact the strength of that character. So it, it sort of puts up another barrier to say like, hey, once you go down this path, you basically have to keep playing this type of class, which for me was really tough because it's like when you're playing these types of games, you want to explore the different classes and try different compositions. So um, what I thought was funny is when you get when you unlock the Dragoon class, it's right mm -hmm. before you fight this really powerful oh, dragon. Garuda. Yeah. And you. Have, oh, no. OK. Well, okay, yeah, no, not Garuda. For, for me, it was shortly before a dragon. And you have to basically make everybody be a dragoon for that fight. Yeah, and and what Robert's talking about—the reason the dragoon is so powerful—is it has jump. It's the, I think it's the first game, the first Final it's Fantasy game. It's the first one too. with dragoon, yeah, yeah. And, and the jump mechanic essentially, the character jumps up in the air, they wait a turn, and then they come back down. So if a boss does, a lot of the bosses have a rotation where they do like a powerful spell, and then a not so powerful spell, and then a powerful spell. So you can basically jump to avoid all the powerful spells most of the time. Uh, hmm. So yeah, that's Jeez. that's kind of the classes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Josh. No, I just said the cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the, the the quality of life improvements, I did appreciate. You can buy things in, in faster quantities, which to me, if you, if nobody's played Final Fantasy 1, trying to buy 100 potions or 99, you have to basically go in the menu, hit you know A, hit A again, hit A again, hit A, hit A. Hit, you have to do it three times to get a single item. And when you need other items, like the peers, which are uh, to cure status effects, I believe, it's like A, A, right, A, A, or something like that. And it, it's just, you know, to do that 100 times all the time, because you're going through potions a lot, uh, I definitely appreciated this quality of life because you can go in there and buy things in stacks of one, four, or 10. So it's much, much faster. Also, the menus uh, are much quicker to load than they are in the original one. Uh, you can move magic off characters, which was a nice uh, addition from my perspective because essentially, if you make a character a white mage, right, if, and their level one slots, you put in Cure and Pure and probably as a newer or something. I don't know what the third spell would be. Maybe it's Arrow. And after you switch that character to another class, in the older ones, you would have had to keep those spells and just have the new class. But in this one, you can actually remove magic, give it to somebody else if you want to switch classes or or to try different um, try different builds, which I really appreciate because it allowed me to be a little bit more flexible. Um, and then the bag size. So your inventory space is a lot larger, which is great. However, it becomes really frustrating to manage because you will fill up your bags with all this gear. Because if you think about it, if there's 25-ish, 30 classes, you're going to be getting items throughout the game for those different classes. So your inventory becomes completely congested with all this garbage. Then you have all your healing items. And then throughout, for whatever 
freaking dumb reason throughout the entire game you keep getting these single use items that you can use to damage mobs and bosses and stuff and they're kind of interesting they do like fire damage or lightning damage or water damage whatever it is and in early stages kind of nice right because you you don't have a lot of powerful spells However, when you get past like the first 20% of the game and you keep getting these things and all you do is vendor them, they just clog up your inventory and it gets really annoying because you have to sit there and then go into your menu, click on the item, drag it down to the garbage can or go to a place to sell it. And when you're in a dungeon, in a lot of cases, there's a much higher amount of, of treasure chests in this one. So you'll be picking up so many of these things and then you're just throwing them away. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know why they did that. It was actually the most frustrating thing. Uh, I talked about the obvious info. So let's talk about the, the grindiness. And I, I'm sure you'll appreciate this, Robert. Mm. So Final Fantasy III is one of the grindiest games I have ever played without question. It was, I, I don't even know. I, I probably spent 30 or 40 hours in this game, if I had to guess. I'll, I'll try to look at it when somebody else is going. But it was extremely grindy. And the craziest part is, is I went into it knowing this. And I attempted to overgrind in order to stay ahead of the curve. So in the early <laughs> stages of the game, nope. I would take the long routes. I would purposely fight some extra times. And, and in certain cases, when I started to struggle on some of the bosses a little bit, I would spend a while grinding after that just to make sure that, you know, I keep up with the pacing because I was a little bit nervous that I would that I would fall behind. So fast forward to when you get to one of the major cities. And it's actually a really cool visual element. It's a massive city with four cities inside of it. Very cool concept. Um, throughout this game and by the way you oh, get a total of that, yeah yeah I, I think you get a total of three airships in this one maybe four if i'm not oh, mistaken okay. so it's like final fantasy 4 also then you get a shitload of airships. i don't remember that yeah like you get one at the very beginning and then you have to like sacrifice it to get through something and then you get a second one that's like okay that one gets shot down then you get a, a decent one and then you get a super one yeah i think you get i don't four. remember that that's hilarious it's, it's kind of crazy um so yeah so when you get to one of the first major city or the, the largest city in the game it is, you get in there and you get shot down. So you have, you're stuck inside the city, you can't leave. And you get to this boss, uh, and spoilers for anybody who cares, but uh, named Garuda. And Garuda is this harpy, and she does this massive AoE every single turn. It does an obscene amount of damage to everybody. So when I fought her, it was probably hitting me for 500 to all my characters. Four to 500, we'll say. I had a total of like 800 health, maybe 900 health in my tanks. So this would hit my whole party for 500. Your AoE heal this time probably heals for 80, maybe 90. And then you might have like here too, which will heal for like 150. So she does 500. I heal for 150. By the way, this is again to everyone. So three turns later, I'm dead every it's time. It's not good math for you. No. And the second I realized that, I'm like, something's wrong. Like I'm not, I need to be using an item. There's a certain class I should be using. I was just like, what in the world? And I thought I had a good party. I was running like Black Mage, White Mage viking and dragoon i think is, is it was the party that i was running at this time or something close to that and i was destroying the game i was substantially ahead of of a lot of the bosses i was fighting just around this time and as well really any of the mo mobs i ran into so i was really confident and she just destroyed me so i grinded a little bit and i was level 19 at this time so i'm level 19 and i'm pretty far ahead at least i thought i was I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding i get up to like 22 and i fight her again she kills me three turns no difference not even a slight <laughs> difference and I'm like, okay, something's not right here. I'm doing something wrong. So I try switching classes around, yeah. fight her again. She kills me in three turns. And I'm just like super baffled by this. So I read online and people are like, oh, yeah, this boss is really hard. Dragoons are great because of the jump. You should be close to level 32 at this time. I'm 19. <laughs> 21 after grinding. 
God. And I, I'm just this is this this is that abusive relationship I talked about before. This is this is reaching back to that because at this point I'm like, well, fuck this game. Like I'm not gonna grind 13 more levels. Spoilers, I did. And then the next day I get on and I play for four hours or something and grind 13 levels. And then I fight her and it's still a tough fight, even at level uh-huh. 32 with a good party. And I barely make it through and I kill her. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is insane. So I'm reading online, people are like, yeah, this is one of the harder bosses in the game. If you kill her, you're on a good pace for the rest of the game. They could not be more wrong. <laughs> they could uh, no, not the final, be more wrong. The final run. Yeah. So what Robert's <laughs> referencing is there are, there's this, this, the very end after doing by the way, this game has an obscene amount of content of you just running around and doing these lengthy dungeons where there's random battles everywhere. And by the way, whichever developer went to the, the random battle encounter and twisted the knob 360 degrees, I really don't like that person. Because I, I, there were times where I'd count four spaces. I'd get four spaces into a battle, four spaces into a battle, just repeatedly. And it's just, and it's great because again, it's very grindy. But at the same time, it's not a great. lot of these dungeons, it's, it's, it's not great, that's true. But a lot of the bosses after Garuda, or excuse me, the dungeons are just as hard as the bosses. So getting through these dungeons where you cannot replenish MP without using an elixir, which you only get like 20 in the game. Yeah, uh, elixirs are, it are becomes not really easy challenging. What'd you say? Elixirs are not easy to come by. No, and they're extremely powerful because obviously they give you full health and full mana. And when you have a single healer, so like I had my white mage, who was my only healer, and she was very high level and her, her white magic was really high. But... The crazy part was it was just me wasting, I would waste mana throughout the dungeon because you either can heal yourself with spells or with items. Both of them have a limited supply and neither one can be replenished while you're in a dungeon. And don't, isn't that one, uh, it's hard to find, even, it's even hard to find ether potions in that one, isn't it? I don't think there were ethers in this game. Okay, yeah. So you can't just stock up on ethers and refill your white mage and then heal some more. You can't do that. And in certain cases, which is really frustrating is, so in this one, you can either stand in the front line or the back line. And my secondary DPS, which was my Viking at a certain point, uh, the one I referenced previously, anybody who's in the front line has a very high chance of getting hit. And Wait, you, did use the, just, you did use the Viking as DPS? I did originally until I, oh, until oh, I learned okay, otherwise. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when your character's in the front line, they get beat up pretty bad. And so my I had my tank in my first slot and my uh, melee DPS in my third slot. And so what ended up happening is they would all all the mobs would just hit my melee DPS all at once and kill them in a single turn. And <laughs> and it'd be at full health. And I'm just like, wow, this is really fun. I, I, there's definitely some mechanics I can interact with here. So and that was just an instant wipe. So then I have to load and start the dungeons over again. So sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it like is really very fun. <laughs> So fast forward to the last to the last section of the game. So I'm level 34, and I get to the final dungeons. It's two extremely long dungeons, followed by a third dungeon, all back to back to back. Um, you cannot recover mana after you enter the first dungeon without using an elixir. So the first dungeon is hell. It's absolute hell. Wait, the wait, 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 a ton wait, of damage. wait. I'm sorry. Say that again. After you start the first of the three dungeons, you cannot recover mana without using elixir. I, on the very on like the end like yes the three dungeons oh, okay There's a dungeon so yeah. that's even worse than so i played the uh do we oh yeah it was the ds port of this so like mm-hmm. eventually this got released in the states as a uh as a ds port I, it was two and three together no was it no no no. i'm sorry it was one and two to get one and two were together but three yeah, was released right. separately for ds uh and mine didn't have that 
restriction. This this port, first off, I think was a little bit easier in general. Like it wasn't as and and it was still incredibly grindy. But I think the original Famicom version was even worse. But on my version, you did at least on there's like what six bosses that you have to fight. You know, since the last, but you know from the oh, last yeah. in from the, the final final dungeon yeah. from the last point you can save until you beat the final boss. It's like a total of six bosses or something like that, and it takes two and a half hours or so. Um, on mine. You can at least, when you beat one of those bosses, it automatically refills all your HP and MP. It may do that as well in this one. I actually, I don't recognize that that did happen, but that also doesn't mean it Oh, it may happens. have? Okay. It may have. Okay. It's unlikely, but it's this game was pretty brutal. So. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so you get to the last three dungeons. You start the first one, and you're kind of working your way in. The mobs are incredibly tough. They're super durable. They hit really hard. They have instant kill mechanics, which are awful, obviously. And if they instant kill my white mage, then I can't res other people unless he's a phoenix down. You only have a few phoenix down. So it's it's kind of a, a clencher as you're going through it because you're trying to avoid... Oh, and by the way, from this point on, you can never run from a fight. So <laughs> you have to kill everything or be killed all the way through the last three dungeons. I don't think was, that was the case on the DS version. I, think. I wanted to tear my hair out. I, I don't think so. I tried to run from like 90 battles. and I, Okay, I never no, yeah, yeah. I remember being able to run from, obviously not the boss battles or anything, but like regular encounters because I, I did run from a bunch of those. Also, I, I believe so. I didn't confirm this, but I when you are running, when you queue up a run, so if you have like your main dude attacks, your second dude casts a spell, and your third dude uh, attacks, and then your fourth dude is casting a spell or excuse me, tries to run, I believe all of your characters become vulnerable. Because any time I had one character queued up as, as a flea, they would be, uh, they would get destroyed. Like, they would get absolutely destroyed by, anybody would. My main tank would go from taking, like, 15 to 20 to, like, 180. So I, I don't know if the game's like, oh, you're running, your back's turned, every one of your characters gets beat up now. I, I think there's something in the code that does something like that. You which is right. awful. It's awful. Absolutely awful. No excuse. So, we're going through the last castle. A lot of cool treasure. Uh, most of it is garbage. Those garbage items I talked about before. <laughs> but you do get some pretty cool stuff along the way. So you're working your way to the end of the uh, end of that first dungeon. I die to the boss. I die to the boss again. <laughs> I die to the boss again. I die to the boss again. So here I am grinding in the third to last dungeon, thinking I'm almost done. I get strong enough to kill the last boss. Or excuse me, the, the boss at the end of that dungeon. I get through that. And then I get into the next dungeon. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It's even harder. The mobs are even <clears> tougher. <throat> They're more durable. They have more garbage mechanics like mind control confuse a bunch of ridiculous stuff because i mean if you think about it, if one of my characters is mind controlled if my either one of my dps hit my healer or my non-dps they're instantly dead so you can die to again every fight in this place and this place is incredibly long and it's very challenging and there's not really any reprieve throughout it and at this point i'm probably somewhere close to like level 40. So I grind and grind and grind, as you can imagine. And what's so crazy, I kid you not, I cannot tell you how many times I would get low, to, low on mana. I would leave the second dungeon, run all the way back through the first dungeon to get back to my airship to heal. And then I would go back through the first <laughs> yep. dungeon again to get to the second dungeon to grind. And I would do that and grind and grind and grind and grind. <laughs> so I get to the end of this dungeon and this boss is insanely difficult. I have to grind. I kill it. I'm like 44 at this point. And then I get to the last, the last, last dungeon, the very last one. And I go in and I die to a trash instantly. I die to some instant kill mechanic and I just die. And I'm like, okay, cool. So then I 
uh, make my way through there again, I get to the last boss and I fight him. And he does this insane AoE. And it does an obscene amount of damage, as you can imagine. So he hits me. I hit him a little bit. He hits. I'm dead. I'm dead in two turns. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to beat this boss. So no surprises. I grind a bunch. I go fight him. Um, I do the jankiest mechanic, which is using the Dragoon. I literally would just jump every single turn I could to avoid his AoE. Because he would do an AoE. He would then use a non-threatening attack and then AoE over and over and over again. So I would just jump over the fire and then I would just continue to hit him until I kill him. And I was like, cool. I beat the last boss. No, I didn't. So he doesn't die. He comes back and you have to fight him and you can't hurt him. And he just destroys you. And I was like, are you kidding me? This game is insane. So I finally beat the last boss and he's like, no, you didn't. And so uh, as you can imagine, I'm really confused, but you actually don't die. Throughout the game, there were a few different arcs that you worked through to get the crystals to help certain people in the world. And I really appreciate this because they all come together, almost like an earthbound moment, where they all come together and they help you, they res you and give you some encouraging words um, in order to fight the last boss again. Pretty cool, right? It was it was a heartfelt moment. It was kind of cool. There's a, some references to some of the things that happened throughout the oh, game. I was, I was so emotional about it. And then I fight the actual last boss, and I don't stand a chance. He just annihilates me. It's not even a contest. We're not in the same universe. It is a one-sided fight uh, through and through. Uh, he hit me for, he was hitting me for like 3K. I had like 4K health. He was hitting 3K to everybody. So he's hitting everybody for 3K. I have like 4,000 health. And I'm like level 45 at this point. So I'm like, there's no way I could beat this guy. I'm going to quit playing. I'm really frustrated. I take a day. I come back and fight. And I try to fight him a few more times, and I realize I can't do it. So then I go to the last area right before him, and there are four dark crystals, uh, which is representative of the crystals you collected before. And you can fight these bosses in order to get certain things. In certain cases, uh, these things will actually help you with the last, last fight. So I fight the easiest one, and I get destroyed. It's not even close. Golly. So at this point, I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, I, I, I'm so strong. I, I feel like I'm incredibly strong. No mob outside this room can even phase me at this point. Well, minus Bahamut, which we'll talk about that. So... Then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done trying to figure this out. I read online. People are like, oh, just run uh, three uh, white mages and a, and a ninja or two ninjas and two white mages and you'll beat it. So I do that. Or no, excuse me. I don't have that. I don't have that. And I'm like, how the hell do I get this? You didn't so have, there's like a side what, quest. White mages oh, or ninjas? Uh, well, sorry, sages. Two sages and a uh, uh, two ninjas is what feel recommended, which I had neither of these at this point. So... <laughs> I read online how to get them. So I go to the dungeon to try and get these two classes. Can't clear the dungeon. You know where it's going. I grind for a while. Uh, I try to beat the boss. Can't beat the boss. Have to grind some more. Then I finally beat the dungeon, get the boss, and get the two things. So I have these two classes. I go into the last boss, and he wipes the floor with me. Not even close. I'm like level 50 at this point. And so I can't beat the last boss, and I can't beat anything else in his lair. I can't kill any of the other four bosses. Uh, fast forward probably six hours of grinding. I'm level 62. <laughs> and I am I have an obscene <laughs> amount of health. I do an obscene amount of damage. And I am incredibly strong. I try to fight the last boss. Cannot kill him. Oh, my gosh. This is definitely worse than the DS uh, port. Brutal. <laughs> and, and, and he's, such, he's such a piece of shit. Like, the DS he, he port goes... was, te was terribly bad, too. And this is even worse. He, so he does the 3k damage every turn, right? So my whole party gets hit for 3k, which you think about, I'm down 12,000 health. So then I AoE heal with my two white mages and I heal for, you know, if I use Q4, I might heal for like 1500. So I heal for like 3000. I, I pretty much make back up or very close to what I had before he did his AoE. So we're trading back and forth. And then he just does his other attack where he just single target hits somebody and one shots them. And then I fall behind and I just get buried in damage and I can't beat it. 
So I'm like, I'm just so frustrated at this point because people are like, yeah, if you're level 60 plus, you should be okay. Not even close. So I don't even get, and by the way, he has like 120,000 health and I'm hitting him for like 1,500, 2K. So I'm not, I'm not there yet. So then I end up just clearing his entire floor. I kill every single boss in there to get the crystals and I go to the last boss and they just kill him for me basically. So I had a, an abusive mixed relationship with this game for somewhere in the 30 or 40 hours, if I had to guess. I honestly don't know because I spent so much time playing it. Uh, and if you count all the times oh. I died and had to restart, it was probably another 10 hours on top of what I did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, will, I will never play this game again. Nope. I will never play this game again. <laughs> uh, I kind of recommend it to anybody who wants to play a, an NES Final Fantasy, but God damn, it was tough. And it was insanely grindy. Um, yeah, kind of fucked this game. All in all. So I you and I, you and I Put talked about this. On a box. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this briefly the other day when you told me you were playing it. You said you dislike Final Fantasy two more than this one. Is that still I do. the case? Yeah, really? I actually still agree with that. Yeah, Final Fantasy three was bad, but I think uh, it doesn't bother me as much than two. Two was just ridiculous, and I felt like it was such a lazy approach to a Final Fantasy. I'm trying to see if I can see how much time I put into this. I think I my my, fi- my final time wasn't that crazy again on the like slightly not as hard or maybe even more than just slightly not as hard but still ridiculous version i think mine was like a little under 30 hours or maybe about oh, it 30. doesn't track your time yeah but, uh, I, so I was i don't know but tell me if this is the same um and i mentioned this when i talked about it but like one of the most hilariously insulting bad insultingly bad things about this one to me was on that final and that final boss run, you get to this last area and there's the final boss, but around him, there are four other bosses that you have to beat first. Like you have to go off to these little paths and uh, fight these four bosses before you fight him. And uh, so you have to fight them before you, f- before you fight him, but it will let you try to fight him without having beaten them. But if you do that, then he just has an attack that instantly wipes your entire party. So, like, one time I spent two, two and a half hours getting to him again, and I forgot to fight one of the bosses. I think I have only fought three of them or something and then thought I had fought all four. And so I went to fight him, and then he just instantly kills me. He's like, why would you let me do that if that's what you're going to do? Like, just just don't let me try to fight him yet if I still have – if I still – literally have to beat another boss before i fight him yeah that sounds uh very similar to say the least so jeez yeah so this was uh this was tough i I would say that my two largest complaints are obviously it's super grindy but the (laughs) second piece is trying to figure out where to go uh it was really hard at times to figure out where to go because i felt like some of the things they would tell you just were not obvious enough to know where to go especially since there were a total of i think three world maps in this game there was at least two. Oh, I think there may have been right. oh the underwater. Yeah, there was three world maps in this okay. game, which is really hard sometimes because it's like oh yeah, I'd go back to this city and it's like Jesus, what what city? I've been through like fifteen of these. I don't remember. I don't remember half of them. I don't remember any of them. So, oh, that's always that's always a problem. I, I even with one map, I don't I can have trouble keeping track of where things are. Yeah. The, the other thing, the other thing that motivated me to play through this is I really wanted to play Final Fantasy IV. And I'll share with you, the same day I beat three, I started four. And I played probably like four or five hours into it. So That's nuts. Uh, I'm, re- I'm really enjoying it. I'll talk about when I beat it. I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, it's the first NES one. I'm supposed to what? be the one playing Final all the Final Fantasy games. And you're like just about to catch up with me now. And I've been doing it for two years. 
Well, I also finished a second game <laughs> over over the time. So I beat Final Fantasy three, and then I started four, and then I paused for a second and beat Final Fantasy Mystic Quest for the fiftieth time Holy in shit. like less than twenty four <laughs> hours. I had so much fun with it. It's it is. I will say it's it's not a great game. It's a very simplistic look at RPGs. But what I really appreciate about it is for people who don't play a lot of RPGs and want an introductory one, I feel like this is a really good one to introduce people to RPG or to, to JRPGs. It's very simplistic. It's very easy to know where to go. It's there's a lot of guardrails. The spells and uh, there's no classes. The spells are very simplistic. Your actions during combat are very simple. And when you wipe in a battle, you can attempt the fight again. It's got a lot of a lot of oh. hand holding through it. <laughs> But it's still kind of nice, and there's some unique elements to it out in the world because you can swap weapons and, and do some other fun stuff. Uh, but this is a very fun kind of casual JRPG. If people are looking to, to get in the genre and a little bit intimidated about it, I feel like this game is is one of the best to show people. It's very easy to screw up. You really like what's funny is your equipment. You can't change it, but you could just it'll automatically give you the best armor that you have in your pack. So if you have three chess pieces, it will automatically know which one's the best one for you and equip it, which is kind of funny. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, so that was that was pretty fun. I rushed through that game. There was no challenge. I, I really, I, I died a couple times. No, I, I died many times throughout the game just to bullshit mechanics. But again, if you die, you just get to attempt the fight again. So uh, it wasn't too bad. And then the last boss is, what's funny is if you cast life on the last boss, it instantly kills him. I didn't do this because I just had no problem with him, but it was just, you know. And it was so funny, like, grinding in this game versus grinding in Final Fantasy III was just a, a pleasure. It was so much more confined and rewarding than uh, than it was in Final Fantasy III. So. Uh, wow, you didn't have a whole lot to say about that one. I mean, I could, but I just know. I mean, I've talked about it a few times. I'm not going to go super far into it. And by the way, it has crystals in it, and you have to collect them, and you're the chosen one. <laughs> it's got crystals, of course. There's a pattern here. What's funny crystals. is four, four doesn't have that so far, uh, but I started playing. I also started. Nah, playing four Super has RPG. crystals. No, for, dude, four starts off with you stealing a crystal. Is the very oh, first yeah, thing in oh, the yeah, whole game right, that happens. Right. Listen, I forgot. I've played a lot of RPGs. <laughs> uh, that's actually very true. So that's interesting because I just started getting into twelve, and yeah, same uh, same general premise. <laughs> which uh, crystals? Which version are you playing? Oh, you uh, tweeted about this. Yeah, I started playing Zodiac Ages. Yeah, good oh, call. Good, that, okay. that is, from from what I've been told, that's an insanely fun version. Because the yeah, original same. one is good, but it's not great. Like, there's there's some challenging pieces to it that I didn't like. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard that the Zodiac one is incredibly good. So far, I've been liking it. It's actually the one that I was going to talk about on this podcast, but it doesn't really hit that, like, classic game uh, stretch. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll save that for another time. But, like, I'm really getting into this because it reminds me so much of KOTOR, honestly. It's like... It's it's Kotor to a T because it's literally uh, in my mind what it seems like are people in Japan wanted to create a Final Fantasy but then they had just watched Star Wars and were like <laughs> let's just do that but with Final Fantasy and it's like a hundred percent what it is like all of the characters <laughs> the world that you're in the environment like everything is clearly Star Wars based uh, and then the combat is the same as Kotor in the fact that they have that like turn based but oh, real time. Right type combat i'm i'm like really into it and it it's one of those things where you know a, a lot of the gripes that you were mentioning that just uh, over time people have gotten better about with like quality of life things to games just mm -hmm. not trying to like punch people in the dick constantly <laughs> with games for some reason like i don't know why they just did not care about time 
uh, or, you know, respecting the time of the player in earlier games, I guess, because it just wasn't a thing to really think about back then. But like, there's so many things. I think it's a big Japanese thing. Like they like, well, yeah, their games would be super just grindy, honestly. Yeah. But like Final Fantasy 12 has not felt that way. And honestly, it might just be because they they added. I don't know if it's just in the Zodiac Ages, but they added like a two times and four times setting to the game where you can just be like i want to play it normally but i want it to be four times the speed for everything (laughs) so like fights in that game are ridiculously quick that sounds nice it's uh it's pretty legit i'm enjoying it yeah i've heard that that's that's a really good version of it yeah other than the fact that the last thing that happened to me i was like everything seems pretty good and then they did one of those things which i really hate and is usually in a lot of like jrpgs that i play where they give you like 20 minutes of cutscenes, and then they're like here's a really tough boss and then you wipe and then they <laughs> oh. you to watch the cutscenes again and you're like well what 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 why did you get wrecked by a tyrannosaurus rex at some like open world part of the game oh that's early on i've gotten wrecked by that yeah uh, yes i think it was like it was just a random creature that's in the world <laughs> yeah, and yeah. i walked up to it and yep. i was like cool let's f-. like everything else in the area that you were in is like <laughs> yeah. a level one nothing and you're like okay i'll just run up and hit it and then that thing just <laughs> one hits you and you're like oh guess i'm not supposed to do that yep yeah that's that's one of the few things that i actually remember about the game yeah it got me <laughs> gotcha yeah it gets all of us all right well uh so jay that's all you got right yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah. All right, so Josh, good week. What do you have to uh, that that you played recently, classic wise? All right, so classic wise, uh, man. So this goes hand in hand with the fact that we were talking about uh, the SNES collection for Switch. Okay. Uh, the fact that if you have the online membership, you get just a ton of SNES games, and I jumped into a bunch of the Donkey Kong Country games. So I've just been playing them through like one, two, and three and going through all of them. I haven't been doing it like in order of like beat one, beat two, beat three, but I just keep going into random like one day I'll pick up and I'm like, "Ah, I want to go back into two or I want to go into one. It's generally not as much that I want to go into three uh, because I I don't think that that one's as good as the others. Really? I've heard that three... I may be wrong. Isn't three generally considered like one of the best ones of of the series? It's well, I think it's very mixed. Like I think it's it's kind of like one of those cult classic ones where there's a lot of like okay. the people who like it will like will die for it kind okay. of a thing. Um, but it it didn't stick as well with me uh, as the others. I just I feel like they I don't know something about them. And there's there's other parts about three that I wasn't crazy about. Like they have this very strange like simon says game in the middle of it for for like <laughs> these banana birds that i was just like um of course. The, it's not for me but like i just think in general though those games are so so freaking good like i'm so mad that rare just doesn't do that anymore or who you know rare was doesn't do this yeah because they man the the platforming in that game even today still just holds up so well like those games they're you know you get into the the easier state like the the first stages are whatever it's usually pretty cakewalk but like the later stages are still pretty damn tough and the way they did them in some of those levels with different things like the lights on lights off the different cart uh levels like there's so many good pieces to that and the environment for it is so interesting um the boss battles have never been something that i've I've cared about too much because they're usually pretty 
Damie, uh, and until you get to the like the end boss, and I think KK, King K rule for those ones are usually like a little bit of a step up. But like really, it's all about those the platforming levels and like the secrets in it. Like one of my favorite parts about playing this again uh, on the 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 Switch is that they have that rewind mode. And there's a lot of people who are like, oh, if you use rewind, you're you're a baby, you don't know how to play games, and you're a scrub. And I'm like, yeah, but also. Man, it is so rewarding when you die and then just rewind and you're like, nope, not 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 actually <laughs> happening. It's like not rewarding. Rewarding obviously isn't the right word for it, but it's really nice to be able to like somewhat beat the system and be like, haha, you didn't steal my life. Because yeah. I just in some cases I just don't want to go back. You know, I'm just like I'm focused on that one area. I just want to zip back and like get through it quicker. And like that has been part of being able to kind of speed run through a lot of these games and just to also experiment because like as a kid right you would play these games and you would go into it and you had hours and hours upon hours of just time that you could play games it's very much the like as a kid you don't have money to buy games but you have all the time in the world but as an adult you have a, a good amount of money to buy those games but none of the time to play them and like this helps me to get through those a lot quicker because i'm not spending the time you know trying to die or trying to like worry about different things but I have the time to to test something where I'm like, I wonder if I fell right here, would there be a secret barrel? And then I find out that there's not. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just rerun. And like, it's totally okay. You know, like I love moments like that because it, it gets past that that part of your mind where you're like, oh, I don't want to actually go there because I don't want to lose the life and I don't want to try to not risk it for the biscuit, so to say, so to speak. <laughs> but um Speech, I, I use that all the time specifically for donkey kong just because as an inside joke playing with a buddy on the uh the one that was for the the wii i think the wii u maybe uh donkey kong country the the ice age one tropical freeze um tropical freeze yes yeah that, uh, that one they're they they have those coins like the the banana coins or something and they look kind of like biscuits because it was like low quality ish <laughs> and so anytime it would be like one of those things that you had to go for but it was potentially <laughs> going to kill you i would just keep yelling you gotta risk it for the biscuit and it's just you know it's it's just a thing that's always stuck with me and now i, I anytime i associate taking a risky turn in donkey kong that's risk it for the biscuit um nice. but like you don't have to risk it for the biscuit you could just risk no, it and then rewind to. it yeah you can have your biscuit and eat it too <laughs> wow that's yeah. inspirational it is. It is. Uh, and that's why I think people should shut the fuck up and let people play games the way they want. Um, and they should also play Donkey Kong Country because, damn, it's still a good game. I don't Robert, like, how do you feel about that last part? I don't like Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Really? Are you I, kidding no, me? No, no. Okay, okay no, so actually, I've tried. I will. So, no, I'm actually excited. I don't, I don't not like it, but I don't really. He yeah, I guess what it. I said originally was true. I don't hate it, but I also don't like it. Okay. Okay. What is the reasoning for not so I've only liking po- it? Though? I've only played the first one. Uh, okay. First off, so this only goes for that one. Like for me, there what just wasn't anything special about it. It was just like any other platformer. Hmm. Interesting. Uh... And I even tried playing it again recently, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is what I remember. I don't, I don't find <laughs> this to be." like a special so what, platformer. So what would, what would you, uh, like, are you a platformer person? Like, do you play platforming games a lot? Uh, I no, definitely not a lot. There are certainly some that I have played and liked. 
Um, you know, like okay. So what would, what would those like be then? Mario games, for example. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, another one. <laughs> this one is a little bit different, but also one that come. My favorite platformer ever is VVVVVV. Yeah. Well, that's a really good one. But, but that is that is a very like I I get your point of like being unique but i would say if you're still into the mario games like it's a difference in mario does platforming in a in a way that is very precise and like that's the reason why mario games are so good is because of the the inherent just like challenge sure, yeah, that's, that's probably that true bring. Yeah. it's it's the the idea of like taking one idea of a platforming like element and doing it to a hundred percent and being like this is how platformers should be but like donkey kong country was that weird wacky like take on like let's try to twist it by having things like the you know the kart racing levels the different like very strange boss mechanics that they had in there having that the two players and swapping back between them and having differences in like i think it gets a little more uh they, like they played into it harder in the later ones where you had dixie who had more of the uh the floating ability whereas diddy kong was more of that speed demon who could go uh you know across different areas a bit quicker and then you get into in the third one they have just dixie and then i forget what his his name was uh, like baby kong i think it was um where he was a much heavier character who was made for like being that beefy tanky just like roll through anything and dixie was still the the very floaty hovery character so like they played more into that and had I'd guess more unique mechanics in it a bit later on and started okay. really playing into that. I honestly, if that's your, your take on it, I would try uh DK three cause they did play yeah. into being a little bit more risky with uh funky Kong though. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's always <laughs> a thing. <laughs> um, but I did like tropical freeze. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, tropical freeze was, yeah. Like, like that's the thing is for me, tropical freeze was really more or less just like expanding on that same world. Like I, I feel those games have the same feeling like at their core anyway, but I can understand like there, there are certain differences of like the, 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 the platforming elements of like grabbing the, the different uh, top parts and rotating and the, the map could be, you know, uh, uh, not map, but like the actual world would be a little bit more um, advanced. And I think that's more of just like a technical thing. Like, I, I don't think that would have ever been possible from a, a SNES cart perspective. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know how to build an SNES game. So gotcha. Oh, oh also, uh, Rayman Legends was amazing. Mm. You know, what's funny is that is an area of my gaming knowledge that I just don't have anything to to say to. Like, I've never played any of the Raymans. And I hear all the time of how good they are. And it's something that I definitely have to go to because I'm the type of person who loves platformer games. You I would, just... I think you would love Rayman Legends. So Rayman Legends, I, I just bought kind of just because I think, I, oh yeah, I bought it on Wii U because I was kind of like, I want a good Wii U game. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what are the 10 good Wii U games? And, uh. <laughs> It looked beautiful from the screenshots and stuff. And I was like, you know, why don't I give this a shot? And I absolutely ended, I ended up just completely loving it. I 100% of the game, which takes a really long time to do. And I loved every minute of it. And then I went back and played Rayman 1 and I didn't really like it. So I don't, and those are the only two I've played now. So I can't speak to the series as a whole, but Rayman Legends was amazing for me. Damn. Now, I guess I'll have to try it. You know what's funny to me, though, is like on a, a, a side note of the times that I've been on here. So two out of three. I don't remember what the third one was, but 
two out of three times I've been on and talked about a game that you have hated. <laughs> oh, really? <That's> <laughs> so what, the last, the last time it? I talked, I came on, I talked about Super Mario RPG, and you were like, yeah, I'm not a fan. And I was like, the fuck? Like, this is my, oh, my favorite right. game ever. <laughs> it's oh, very shit. good. I'm enjoying it right so now. I, sh- I shit on Mario <laughs> RPG and Donkey Kong Country and something else, too. Yeah, and I still come here for the torture. Wow. <laughs> you love it. Let's be honest. <laughs> nah, man. They're good games. All right, so Donkey Kong Country games, big, big recommend all around, it sounds like, from you. That's what I say, yes. All right, so I think that leaves us. I think that leaves it to my turn. I have, Jay, I think, you know, I think you know what's coming. Oh, yeah. I've played, uh, pro- I think, like, one of my last major bucket list games. This game I've been looking forward to playing ever really I think honestly ever since we started the fucking podcast. And uh it's finally time. Plumbers don't wear ties. What? Oh, do you not know about this game? <laughs> you haven't seen no. the angry video oh, game. Oh, no, video. my friend. Welcome. Holy absolute shit. Okay, so Plumbers Don't Wear Ties is a video game that came out for 3DO in 1994. Evidently, it actually got a PC release also, uh, which supposedly came out in 93, but like sold so few copies that it basically disappeared. Now, Plumbers Don't Wear Ties is really only known because of a famous video that the angry video game nerd did on it. It's probably it's probably his I wouldn't be surprised if it's the most viewed or most famous video that he, that he's done. And I will say right now I can't do it as good of justice as he did. So really <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend you just go watch his video. Just Google AVGN Plumbers Don't Wear Ties and watch it. It is the biggest shit show of a game that I may have ever seen. Uh, so I saw this video, you know, once upon a time, just like many other people did. And and I have wanted to play it since, and I have finally had the opportunity to do so. And it completely lives up to its expectations in every single way. So plumbers don't wear ties. I've got the box right here. Okay. I'm going to first, I'm just going to basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through the experience of owning and playing through plumbers don't wear ties. So I've got the box on the cover of the box. You got the title plumbers don't wear ties with some, with some shitty clip art of a tie and a plunger and then some like random photos. Well, not random photos of characters in the game. There's a, there's a dude who's completely ripped. He's he's totally like male model, absolute ripped, huge abs type guy playing air guitar on a plunger. Uh, there's a, there's a woman who's like, holding the top of her shirt open to show off her cleavage. There's a couple other pictures there on the front. Then beneath the pictures, it has some, it has a few uh, little snippets of text, which say a plumber, a daddy's girl, chickens, crazed yuppies, evil bosses, shower scenes, race cars, pandas, a nun, an interactive romantic comedy. Then there's also some text which is upside down and it says, get it? (laughs) Okay, on the back, on the back of the box, 
we've got the typical, you know, how like games used to have a big description on the back of the box. We've got a few, few screenshots. Uh, he's a plumber. She's a daddy's girl. Only you can get them together or tear them apart. And then it says off to the side, plumbers have everything. Greed, sex, spirituality, white knuckle chases, shameful propositions, a nun, humor, true love, jaded love, jealousy, taut action, comedy, a bad guy, a good guy, a hero, spine tingling suspense, a hot babe, brazen bravado, a damsel in distress, and a Hollywood ending. The reviews are in. It's trash. It's brilliant. Narrator is dot, 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 cool, spelled K-E-W-L. I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. Sobbing, in angle brackets, made me cry. My score was so low. Don't bother me, I'm still playing G's. And then in bigger text, plays like a game, feels like a movie. It sounds like your first pass, they were like, let's outline a bunch of cool phrases we want to ultimately make this game into. And they were just like, at the end, they're like, ah, fuck it. Copy, paste, they put it on the box. <laughs> Call it an So that's the box for you. Uh, wow. So you start the game. The first thing you see is the woman that you see in the box. Uh, she's in her underwear, of course. Ooh. She's nice talking start. she's talking to you and she's mic'd just horribly. There's all this reverb in the room. It sounds like the microphone is on the other end of the room and they just <laughs> cranked it to get everything that they could. She's standing in front of a like a just a white sheet that's just hanging behind her. Uh and she's telling you like about the game and how you're supposed to play the game. At one point while she's talking the camera just just randomly zooms in on her boobs for a minute, then zooms back <laughs> out. And she says, like, I don't even remember. She just, like, you know, just says, like, oh, here's the, here's the point of the game. You're supposed to do this. I'm going to meet this guy. Here's this hot guy, and I'm this hot babe, and you're supposed to get us together. She, and she says at one point, like, so you're supposed to identify with the, with the guy and, you know, get us together or whatnot. So first off, like, you're not like we shouldn't to make us identify with somebody. You're not supposed to say, Oh, Hey, you're supposed to identify with this guy. You're supposed to make, if you want us to identify with the person in video games or any type of fiction, the way to do that is just to write that character. Yeah, exactly. Write that character in a way that we organically identify with the guy. You're not supposed to say, like at the beginning of fucking Star Wars, you don't say, "Hey, but you're supposed to identify with Luke Skywalker." FYI. Or like, "Here's Legend of Zelda." Dun, 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 dun. You're supposed to identify with Link. F- you know, just so you know. Just so you know. Uh so she goes on this like kind of meandering explanation of what the game is supposed to be, what you're supposed to identify with, what you're supposed to do, all this shit. Then you get the title screen, <laughs> which is just like somebody made this maybe literally in MS Paint. Nice. I'm going to actually Jay, I showed you this already. I'm going to actually I think if I can do this from my phone. Yeah, I'm going to share this to our Discord real fast just so that Josh can get an idea of just how MS Painty 
this is. Where's yeah, our? Yeah, here we go. It's actually a video of the title screen because it's got the music with it. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's got. <laughs> it says, it's just got a flat blue background. And in like some shitty font says plumbers don't wear ties. And then it's got the worst fucking drawing of a tie. <laughs> I'm playing the music on the recording right now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, I wouldn't have known that was a tie if it weren't for the context of the game. It looks yeah, more like I, a feather or something. Yeah, I didn't know what it was uh, <laughs> until you mentioned it was a tie. I was just like, yeah, it looks like a really strange bug or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so that's the fucking title screen of the game. Uh, then it goes into an insane credit sequence. So it's got so it's the opening credits for the game. And it's just random fucking shit in the background, mostly consisting of race cars. <laughs> <laughs> just like pictures of race cars with I mean they did promise race cars. They, they? promised race true. cars. But, but is is there a nun? Uh no, there's not a nun in the credits sequence. Uh Ooh. there are race cars. <laughs> there's the guy lying in bed. There's pictures of every once in a while. There's like random, like sometimes there will be race cars and then a random like cutout picture of a panda on part of the screen. So they do have the panda like they promised at some points. The, uh, the pictures are well, actually, actually on most of the points during these credit sequences, the pictures are shown in like their negative version. So it's just really bizarre kind of almost not really black and white, but just reverse colors. And then it's got the credits over it with, as, as a angry video game nerd points out, no backdrop, like shading or anything like that. So it's really hard to read the text. And then this goes on for minutes on end, where it's just showing you random scenes of race cars, not even scenes, but just random still images of race cars going around a track with text of the credits. And there's no other race cars in the whole game. This is just for only for the credits. And then finally, after you sit through this, like two or three minutes of just random fucking credits with weird filters and race cars and pandas and shit, then the quote game starts, but it's just more scenes. Okay. And it's at this point that you learn that even though this opening, exp- this opening, I guess, <laughs> tutorial where she tells you what you're supposed to think and feel and play and all this shit, that's the only part of the whole game where there's actually video. So this is all for the. I don't. I don't. I didn't mention this. It's all live action pictures. So it's like a, it's a, real videos of this girl telling you all this stuff. All of the in-game stuff is 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 real actors and things like that. None of it's drawn or art or you know CGI or anything like that. It's all real people. The first part the first part was in video. The entire rest of the game is just still images with people talking over them. With like the actors talking, but it's just on top of like a slideshow. The whole entire game. So, after you sit through the credits, then the game starts, and it goes to the guy, the plumber guy, the the hot male model plumber, waking up, <laughs> and, like, his mom, <laughs> his mom calls him, and she just starts yelling at him for not having a girlfriend. 
And then, like, this goes on for several minutes. And at one point, she goes, like, this is one of the parts where the game starts to be offensive and not just funny. She starts accusing him of being gay and chastising him for that. And then this goes on for a few minutes. He's like, all right, whatever, mom, you know, I'll find a girlfriend, I guess. Then it cuts to the girl and uh, it shows her waking up and all this shit. And her dad calls her and yet also yells at her for not being married yet. Uh, at one point he says, hop on the stick and make some babies. And uh, damn, this feels super 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's. Yeah, it, it it looks yeah 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 the look of the game the feel of the game is totally a hundred percent nineties no getting around that. So then you sit through again two or three or four minutes of that of him yelling at her for not having babies all this shit. Uh, then after that, there's more random cutscenes again, not actual scenes but just slideshows. Like it'll show her holding the phone. It shows her dad sitting like in a robe with like a hundred liquor bottles in front of him back and forth and shit then after they're done talking then it sh- then it go- like there's like a montage going back and forth between the two characters just showing them just getting ready for their day they're just getting in the shower taking a shower getting out of the shower brushing their teeth getting dressed uh eating toast like just like why the fuck do we have to see any of this? What does this have to do with anything besides, oh, I almost saw like a naked chick, but there are little sensor icons over her boobs and stuff. What? So. They even censor it they, too? They, no, no, what no. is the point? Not only do they censor it, but there is, there's a, there's a cheat to uncensor it. Ooh, but, we're talking. but, the only thing it uncensors is the dude's ass. <laughs> Everything else stays censored. That's what I'm looking for, and the, baby. And not only <laughs> show and, me them cheeks. And the sensor, the sensor picture is like this little circle with it's like uh, a circle with a with a strike going through it. You know, like you see on I don't know, like fucking signs and stuff like it's the typical mm-hmm, circle mm-hmm. with the strike go through but it's got a face behind it and the face has a really long nose that sticks out past the little cross going through it. and that's that's what they use to censor out the the butt the boobs and i, th- I don't think there's any like frontal censoring because there's no frontal scenes but that's 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 what they use as their sensor image hmm so, uh, so you, so this is like 15, 20 minutes into the game yet. And you haven't even done anything. You've just been watching this bullshit. Then it shows them driving to work. Guys driving to work. The girls driving to work. They, they end up in the same park. Oh, the guy drives a motorcycle that says plumber on a bike on the back of it. What? <laughs> uh, then they both end up in the same parking lot. And it almost, and we're almost to where you get to have some kind of input in the game. Not quite. But they finally meet. What? The guy sees her in the parking lot and he goes, whoa, it's eight o'clock and I'm seeing a 10. What I wouldn't do to give, what I wouldn't give to do her plumbing. <laughs> oh my God. 
then then you get to make a choice okay it's like after all this stuff then it takes you to a choice screen okay but even here just whether or not he wants to wear a tie no (laughs) i wish that would be the that would be the best if it was 30 minutes of that and then it's just like would you like to wear a tie and then the game ends the the guy that would be that would be better but the guy spoiler has had a tie on the whole entire time what is this bullshit yeah he's not a plumber clearly (laughs) no he's a plumber (laughs) but he's actually got a tie uh and angry video game nerd points that out too in his in his video. Uh, but um, so here's the choices. He makes a move, or she makes a move, or neither of them make a move. So already, <laughs> they've completely fucked up the narrative because we've been told explicitly that we're supposed to put ourselves in the place of the guy. But yeah. now we're getting a chance to like basically play God and make choice for whoever. So, you know, you pick whether you want him to make a make a move, her to make a move or, or nobody. Uh, but it's not just it's not that easy yet. There is superfluous narrative or narration throughout everything. So not only do the characters, there's there's way too much shown of like, you know, just their, like there's no reason to show them getting ready for their day, eating fucking breakfast, taking a shower, getting dressed, brushing their teeth. There's no point for that. Uh, not only that, but once you get to the, uh, the screen where you make a choice, it's got like three boxes or, you know, however many choices there are, you know, we'll have two or three boxes. And it says like what the choice is. Like the one, first one is, you know, the guy makes a move. But... It doesn't just say that. It also has voiceover of a random narrator saying, "Like, oh, we want the guy to make the f- to make the first move." And then when you switch to another one, then it narrates what that choice is. If it's the girl, then it'll say, "Like, oh, we want her to make the first move." <laughs> like, what is the fucking point of all of this? And then, but also. Sometimes it randomly has an Asian woman saying what the, what the choice is. And it's like so stereotypical. Like, I don't even remember anything she says exactly, but it'll be like, like say the, the third, say she was a voice for the third one, like saying like none of them make a move. She'd be like, none of them make a move. We let them do what they want. Oh my <laughs> gosh. The most asinine shit you've ever heard of. This is the whole game. Oh, 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 I forgot about that. There, I skipped something. Before it even gets to the point where it shows the narration options and you have to choose one, it cuts to another narrator who is shown in, like, slideshow form, just like everything else in the game is. It's a fucking dude with a suit and a helicopter pilot helmet holding a microphone telling you... You're supposed to get them together. First off, why is he telling us what we're supposed to do? Telling us you're supposed to get them together and now you have to make a choice. Like he literally says, "Ah, all right, here we go. Now it's time to make a choice. Make sure you do the right thing to get these two folks together. And later he has a fucking chicken mask on. Why? (laughs) I don't know. 
I feel like this game was a collection of people who were like, let's just all make a random scene and put it together <laughs> and see what comes out. Yeah. So not only do you have way too much backstory, you have an unnecessary narrator in between the story and you making choices. You have more unnecessary narration on each individual choice themselves. Sometimes you have Asian woman narration for absolutely no fucking reason. Oh, and when you're choosing the choice on the selection screen, you have to wait for the audio to finish before you can before you can move again to choose a different oh. one. So if you go down to the bottom one, you want to go back up, then you have to listen to each one back all the, in in its entirety back going up to the top. So, you choose whatever you think is the best choice. And sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong. There's no rhyme or reason like to to like how like what ends up happening based on what you say. Uh if you choose the wrong thing, there's no consequence because it just says, "Oh, like do you want to try again?" <laughs> like, <okay, laughs> yeah, I guess I'll try again and and just do the a different choice. Uh So not only is there like everything wrong with it that I said already, but it basically just turns into choose your own adventure because you're not even playing the role of the guy. Like you were told at the beginning, you're just randomly picking things. Um, and not even just that, but the things you pick, there's no way to tell what's going to happen based on, uh, what you say. Like for instance, right after this scene, there's another one where the girl goes into the building, like whether like, so you might talk to her and eventually you get like, Oh yeah, well, let's meet up later or whatever. She goes into the building. Evidently, it's her first day on the job. She starts talking to her boss. And uh, her boss says, I'm so sorry. It's out of my hands. There's been a problem. Uh, your position is no longer... We, we no longer need to fill this position. So, sorry about that. And she goes on about like how she needs this job. Blah, 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 blah. Uh-oh. Sounds like the start of a porn. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? I, I, you see exactly where this is going. Um, Then he's like, Will? And then the narrator pops in again and says, Oh, what are you going to do now, bro? Like, I, he doesn't actually say bro, but he, like, addresses you directly. Says, I wouldn't put it past it with this game, though. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, make sure you choose the right thing. You know, whatever. Like, he's wearing a fucking either a helicopter helmet or a chicken, ha- or a chicken face. Who knows? Uh, then it gives you your choices and it's like, what are they? It's, uh, like give her, like, let her take the job anyway, or, uh, like give her a proposition, <laughs> like something vaguely worded like that, where you know where right, it's right. going and something uh-huh. else. I, I don't even fucking remember what they are. Um, oh, oh, or just say like, no, sorry, you, you, you gotta, you gotta leave. So I ch- first, my, the first thing I chose was that one, which is like, you just lose your job. Uh, and then just to give you an example of how pointless the decisions are, the effect of you say, uh, of you like just say going with like her losing her job is the plumber had been waiting outside for her to come back out. But if you choose this option, he drives off too early and she doesn't get to meet up with him and they never get together. Like, what? How does that... What is... Like, what is the connection between these two things? 
There's no logic whatsoever. Uh, so what, <laughs> one of the things you can say is, well, perhaps we can work something out after all. Take your clothes off. Nice. <laughs> and if you agree as the woman, you get to choose whether she agrees or not. You mm. can like agree to go with her or not. If you agree, then it turns into a fucking domination scene. Excuse me? It shows Ow. her in like leather shit with a whip and stuff, and she's riding on his back with like one of the horse chomper things in his mouth. Wow, that escalated quickly. Yeah. And then it just like, you know, just like cuts to different like versions of this scene, basically. Again, obviously in slideshow version for like a couple minutes. And then I don't remember why, but for some reason, like, that's not the right option. Like it shows all this shit and it's like, oh, yeah, but it didn't work out or something. (laughs) Don't like that. (laughs) So what you have to do is not agree so you have to like have the guy tell her that she has to take her clothes off. Then you have to have her say she like not that she's not going to. <laughs> then when she does, literally, the guy starts yelling at her, and like the culmination of the entire game is him yelling at her, "Take your damn clothes off!" <laughs> then there's a chase scene. Where wait what? Then there's a chase scene where he starts, she runs off, he chases her through the office. She runs into the boys' bathroom, he goes looking for her in the girls' bathroom. She runs out of the men's bathroom. Sometimes she has a shirt on, sometimes she doesn't have a shirt on. It just depends on what particular scene you're looking at at a time. Uh, They run out of the building. Like... He's oh he's chasing her like with a fucking knife or something too by the way <laughs> he's not just chasing Jesus. after like he literally wants to murder this woman uh not, you know, not only has he sexually assaulted her he's he's in for the he's in for the murder charges as well um eventually they run out of the building and I, I don't remember exactly I'm sure there's some choice where you is like tell them tell the game whether you want the plumber guy to to help her out or not but eventually he starts. He joins in the chase and helps out. It's like a five or ten minute fucking chase scene with them running all over the fucking town. The plumber's trying to help. The girl's trying to get away. The guy's trying to, like, murder the girl, I guess. There's a part where, like, they're running through a market and they're knocking over shit. There's, like, a scuffle between the plumber and the guy. There's a part where the 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 boss guy has the girl tied up on fucking train tracks. There's uh, like more just random running again. Sometimes she has a shirt on. Sometimes she doesn't. It's totally random. Then like at some point in all of this, you get some other choices on what, on what happens this or that. And then just like randomly, there's the guy who I told you wears the chicken mask sometimes. And sometimes he wears a helicopter helmet. Well, at one point, a girl in a karate outfit, comes in and beats him up and takes over. And she's like, oh, I'm the narrator now. And then she goes, she's like, oh, let's look at the decisions you made. And she like makes fun of you for making like perverted decisions or something like that throughout the game or something like that. But here's the best thing. The next time, the next time you make a decision, the guy comes back and he fucking kills her. 
What? What? Wait, what? <laughs> the first narrator comes back and he's got like a water gun. <laughs> but he starts shooting at her and it makes bullet sounds and it shows bullet holes all over the screen and she fucking dies. This is so strange. <laughs> <laughs> And then it just goes back, and then that's it. And then it goes back to normal gameplay. You're they're chasing each other. You're you're trying to figure out how to help. Blah blah blah. One of the choices uh, you can make at one point is for the plumber to fall in love with the boss. Of course, of course. And they walk off like hand in hand, and they fell in love. Then the game goes back to its homophobic tendencies and says, "You're not really that way, are you?" And then I have to feel bad about playing a homophobic game. Uh. Then, uh, then it goes back to the the fucking chase scene, and then the guy, then they like beat up the guy. And he's like, "All right, all right, fine. Look, look, okay, everybody stop, everybody stop. Look, okay, you got me. I'm not gonna fucking murder you, I guess, or whatever. You know, whatever. He 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 basically tells her that he gives up on chasing her. Says, "Look, let's do this. I'll pay you five million dollars to have sex with me." <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and then they get in an, an argument over how much he has to pay her to have sex with him. She's like it gives you some choice on whether to like entertain his offer or something like that, but ultimately you have to say, "Well, let's think about this." And then he's like, "All right, l- they start negotiating and he's like, okay, seven, how about this? Seven and a half million, but two, but I get you for two nights. And then she's like, no, like 6 million. And he's like, no, seven, no, six and a, 6.5. No, you know, he goes back and forth. I think I'm getting my numbers backwards on who's saying it, but you get the idea. Yeah. Then so it wait cuts- a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. Let's backtrack for a second. <laughs> The plumber is saying that? No, no, no. The boss and the woman. Oh, okay. I got very confused because this story keeps <laughs> jumping around so much that I was like, I was like, wait a minute. How did the plumber get this money? Yeah, there's a lot of in and outs to the story. It's very nuanced. It's Dude, definitely it's not, so complex. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not just uh, a terrible story. Um, <laughs> and then it, like, it has them going back and forth for a couple minutes and then it cuts away. Kind of like it, kind of like the sort of time pass cutaway where it like cuts away, and then comes back, and it's supposed to be like an hour later or hours later or something like that. And they're still fucking arguing over the cost. <laughs> and then uh, at some point, at some point, the plumber breaks in, and he starts telling the girl how much he loves her. And then he says. He tries to say, I've been searching for you or something like that. But he says, I've been, he gets his line wrong. Like, like in real life, he says the line wrong. He says something along the lines. He says something like, I've been searching for me. And he starts laughing about it. And then you hear people. It's a fucking outtake in the middle of the real scene. (laughs) You hear. The people you hear the director and the cameraman start laughing and then they start joking about it. And then they're like, Oh, we're going to keep that in for sure. Oh man, that was so good. And the guy's like laughing his fucking ass off. Cause it was so hilarious. And there's like, all right, let's try that again. And then like 
just goes back and starts doing the scene again. Ridiculous. And, uh, like, that's almost the end of the game. Like, at what... You get to choose what the ending is. One of the endings you choose, like, she becomes a nun. So there is a nun. That's why I didn't answer your uh, question very directly earlier. I was saying, I was saving the spoiler. Oh. She can become a nun, but that's the wrong ending, and it lets you try it again. <laughs> oh, and there's uh, points. <laughs> Every time you choose a scene, it shows what your score is. I think it's totally arbitrary. In fact, I've heard... That I, I didn't pay any attention, but I was reading that for choosing the correct ending at the end, you get like negative 100,000 points or something like that. Um, choosing the correct one? Yes. <laughs> I, I I finished the game and saw just about every scene, or maybe every scene in about 45 minutes. There are like six, there are probably seven, maybe eight decisions in the whole entire fucking game. Fun game. It is like without it. So, so again, basically the only way, the only reason anybody knows, I keep, I keep referring to him, but like really the only way anybody knows about this game is because of uh, angry video game nerds video on it. And the thing about this game is it's not just insanely ridiculous. It's, it's bad in every single way. It's like, yeah, of course it's absurd as we've, as I've hopefully <laughs> described, but the narr the narrative is inconsistent. Like, you know, what role you're supposed to be playing in all this. There's no logic to the outcomes of your decision in the game. Sometimes you control different characters. Uh, everything in the game is far more, as I said, like there's, it's way over, over narrated there's no need for the narrator scenes in between you making decisions there's no need for the narration on top of each individual decision box much less the occasional random asian woman narration there are <laughs> continuity problems with again like sometimes during the chase scene she's got a shirt on sometimes she doesn't it just is kind of like oh what day did they film this part on the rant there's random exposition that doesn't need to be there scenes go way too long there are unnecessary scenes there's unnecessary choices it's it's and and on top of that you could just say okay well yeah it's a poorly made game sure but look at what these guys were trying to do they weren't really trying to make a good game they're trying to just make like a porn game more or less or like a softcore porn game just so guys can look at but there's not even there's not even like there's not even boobs <laughs> there's nothing there's literally nothing like absolutely nothing. The game doesn't even, even the things it tries to like be like, like exist for, it doesn't even have that. There's not even any, like there's, there's not even any like perverse pleasure to get out of it. It's just every single thing about the game is fucking terrible. It may actually like without just saying this because of, the game's reputation, it might actually be the worst game I've ever, I've ever played. Wow. Damn. And I've played Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh... Was it worth it? Definitely not. <laughs> I 
paid way too much for this fucking game, but it is a good it is a good piece for the collection. I will I will keep it and I will cherish it in some sort of way, but only for it being a monument of absolute shit video game making. Sounds terrible. Yeah, I'm glad I I uh, lived it through proxy. <laughs> like if you watch, like I highly recommend. Just go check out the Angry Video Game Nerd video on this. As I said, he like watching him go through it really does more justice than, than I can say without video and stuff. But um, if you watch that video, you literally see almost every part of it. Like his video is about 25 minutes. As I said, it took me about 45 minutes. But you <laughs> basically see every part of the game in that video. It's it's it, There's really not much else besides what he shows there. He shows pretty much everything. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, I'm glad that I, that I've played it. I'm glad that I got to talk about it and kind of even glad that I, that I own it, but is it worth it? A hundred percent. No, it's the, uh, it's the definite worst, uh, fun to money ratio I've ever invested. <laughs> Damn. You hate to see it. You hate to see it, but here it is. Here we go. Here we are. Any questions, or should we move on to top fives? That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's definitely like the Plan Nine of outer space of video games. Man, nope. I think uh, I think with that, I'm I'm ready to talk about some MMOs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually have five? You never you? thought you would be ready to talk about MMOs. <laughs> I know, yeah, from worst game uh worst game ever to uh still pretty shitty games. Uh sorry MMO lovers, but I'm about to uh make all y'all mad. How about this? The plumbers don't wear ties, MMO. The MMO? The MMO. What would how would that even work as a massive I think that's multi- second li- I think that's second life. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like that would just be like the only way that would work is literally for those eight choices. It would just be everyone's watching the same thing. And when the choice comes up, it would just be a percentage tick of like who votes who, for what? Who voted? Yeah. Holy shit. You may be onto something. This is going to be a moneymaker. Yeah. This is literally like a Twitch raid, like watch party game. <laughs> I meant to go look into the, uh, I actually look, I actually did look this. I meant to look into the guy too. Um, evidently, a guide for this game? No, 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 no. The guy, too. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was like, what the hell would you need? <laughs> the um, the woman who's in the game evidently had a uh, like a quite long career in like adult films. After this, oh damn. Uh, the, the guy. Let's see. Edward J. Foster is is evidently the guy who played John. Oh, the characters' names are Jane and John, by the way. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Looks like this is the only credit to his name. She's got a bunch though. Oh, she was in she was in Jag? Holy shit. She was in Jag. Let's see what else she was. Hold on, real quick. If there's I'm seeing if there's anything like that people would know that she's been in. Like she has she's been in a bunch of movies. Again, many of them are many <laughs> many of these are adult movies, but um she wasn't married with children. Holy shit. Damn. Wow. She wasn't married with She was in Saved by the Bell? Those were before Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. 
Uh, <laughs> before she really took off. <laughs> before she took off. And then after that, let's see, a bunch of adult films. Um, Jag. What else? Anything else? Oh my gosh, some of these some of these movie names. I'm just it's so hard for me not to read them out loud. <laughs> yeah, it looks like those are really the only ones. Saved by the Bell and uh, Married with Children and Jag. Okay, too much. <laughs> she she had a much better career than uh than than the than the John guy did. Sounds like. All right, that's crazy. It's nuts. It's a shit game. It's fucking terrible. Uh, oh, oh! I just pulled up another picture. The narrator guy that wears a uh, helicopter helmet. Sometimes he has a pl- a, re- a random army helmet, but the helmet says police on it. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. Whew. Okay, let's talk about MMOs. What are your favorites? Top Wait, five MMOs. Which number one? Huh. Are we jumping straight to number one? Hell no. You know how this I'm goes. Kidding. I'm You've kidding. done this a hundred times. If you want to pause real quick and just make sure everything's good. Nope. Hot oh, damn. Doing it live. Doing it live. Let's Love go. It. Let's go in. Let's mix up the order. We'll have Josh go first. I'll go Whoa. second and Jay will go third. Whoa. Careful. So Josh, what's your, so Josh, you have a caveat, I think to your list, right? I do have a caveat. So uh, one of these, my top game, might not be considered an MMO. So it might be a top four list. Uh, Also, my caveat with this in general is MMOs suck. Um, (laughs) I am am not the person to be on for this episode. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. But like we talk about this all the time on IndiePod. Not all the time, but like anytime it comes up, I always equate MMOs to be just bad excuses for like excuses for bad games to get away with being bad just because they have a community feature and it builds wow i feel attacked i feel it i was about to say jay try try to hold back i know i'm so sorry jay there's a lot of times where i i'm on the same page with you but not for this one there's so many bad mmos out there and i'm pretty sure that's all i know um you could definitely tell that i don't play a lot of mmos because my first one which so this, i don't even know if number, this, this would be this is your number yeah, five right number five number okay. five my first one to to call off but my number five which i don't even know if this would be considered one but is fallout 76 i think that from what i know i think it's an MMO or at least close enough. Right? Close enough, right? Uh, so this is scraping the bottom of the barrel because Fallout 76 is an awful game. <laughs> um, but top five for me, baby. <laughs> you gotta have um, I know you got to have something, right? Uh, and the only reason it's on this list is because Fallout is my favorite series. Uh, man, did they uh, shit the bed with this one, though. Uh, it was only because I- of the... Uh, the vinyl shortage <laughs> like what no, the can- sorry the canvas shortage i mean the canvas, fucking vinyl. yeah they oh man they they screwed up so hard in so many different ways with this uh this was not bethesda's finest hour which it, it's such a shame because i think that the fallout series is is so amazing and i love the general concept of it the idea of the apocalyptic world is something that just really uh, intrigues me in, in from like even just it's it's base core um but Fallout, like Fallout, the, the the best part about games of this nature is that you have the time to invest and and become in in growth 
engrossed in this world and just want to just soak it all in. And you, you're exploring, you're reading, you're, you're listening to different tapes and things and becoming a part of that environment. And Fallout 76 was great because it, it added that element of like, you could do it with friends. And you're like, this is cool. I get to play and, and there's all these different like random characters and there's a whole community that's really cool. And this is, once again, very much the game was good for a lot of people because there was an interesting community that built it up and made it a thing um baseline game it just doesn't work a fallout game is meant to have that that slow methodical like you're getting into the world and then you play with people and it's a quick like oh do this do this do this and you don't have that time to really focus on it um but from a community aspect a lot of people really cool from a role-playing perspective of like acting as if those new settlers are part of this world and being very gracious and, and high, like people coming out to, to help those that are starting out with the game. Like, I think there are some really cool things about this environment and this, this world, but like it is a bad game and it is my top five. All right. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard too much good about, about it. I've only heard the bad stuff. <laughs> that's that's all you got to say. <laughs> all right. My number five. So I kind of have a caveat too, which is so. Oh, and I've, I meant to mention at the top of this that since there are were, I mean, there they did exist, but there were relatively few MMOs before our typical classic game cutoff period, which is the end of 2005. We uh, we allowed game any MMO of any time to be in this list. So it's not just and- classic MMOs. And thank goodness, because I probably wouldn't have anything. Oh, hell no. I would have had... I would have... Actually, I would have had two. But but regardless... No, no, I I was thinking back. I would have had three, actually. Okay, you know what? I would have had one. I would have had one. Okay. I would have had three, but that's it. And even as it is, I've only played five MMOs ever, so this is a list of every every MMO I've ever played. (laughs) Uh... I'm going to have to apologize for this ahead of time. My number five is World of Warcraft. Um, It's the least favorite MMO that I've played. I just cannot. I've tried twice and I just I I just can't get into it. It's too grindy for me. There had in the in the like, especially the last time I played, which was when they re-released Vanilla WoW. I really tried and I probably played for a good. I mean, this isn't long this is almost nothing by mmo standards but i probably played for five or six hours and just like a first day yeah yeah (laughs) and just nothing interesting whatsoever happened like i guess i i said well for the first couple missions i was like all right cool i'm gonna go there they want me to go kill these fucking wolves or something so i went around killing wolves all right this is nice i'm getting leveling up seeing what's gonna happen i'm kind of learning the game still and then it was like, all right, now go do this, now go do that. And it was, which of course is every MMO, but but in these it was like, go kill five of this thing. Go Now go kill six of this thing. Now go kill four of this thing. And I would just wander around like for 20 minutes trying to find four of this particular thing that I was supposed to kill. And then it was like, go gather this. And I, was, I would wander around for 45 minutes gathering fucking seeds or something. And like just nothing fun happened in the first five or six hours and i was just kind of like i i'm sure this is eventually going to pay off this game isn't an absolute phenomenon for no reason but i i just don't have it in me to to keep on pushing through 
Jay, uh, I'm sure. That's it. That, that that that's all I've got. That's really all I have to say about it. I want to hear Never. where I'm wrong. You can tell me oh. now, or you can tell me when you talk about Wow. It's up to you. Oh my god! If he lost the recording, I'm gonna strangle him. What happened? I'm gonna fly to wherever he is. Huh? Get him. <laughs> what happened? Rip. The World of Warcraft gods. They heard Blizzard. I mean, they thought he was in China for a second. <laughs> Am I muted or something? Oh fuck! That's how it ends. that part (laughs) okay so we lost a little bit of a connection there between me and uh jay and josh but what i was saying is jay i want to hear how i'm wrong you're welcome to tell me now or you can wait till you talk about well on your list it's Uh, up to you honestly i don't want to uh the reason is so my caveat on my list is i actually am not including well on my list the reason is because i've talked about it so extensively on multiple episodes i really don't want to go into another 35 minute rant about it okay but so okay in that case we can safely assume that's your real number one, then, right? Um, probably. Yeah. How do you probably? Dude, you've got like I mean, a hundred thousand real-time days of in-game play on that. Yeah, I mean, don't tell me wrong, but just there are certain there are other MMOs that I have also really enjoyed that I never got the chance to play because one of the things that you you specifically did not speak to is playing with other people, and the people I generally play with don't did not play certain MMOs when they were popular, and I wish they would have because I think some of the MMOs that uh, came and gone were very very good okay so anyway so the caveat for mine is i did not include wow on my list i thought it would be uh too just kind of boring to hear because i've obviously talked about it numerous times well so, okay well can you tell can you give us like a two sentence version of why you play so much well at least it's it's i can't do too i mean i, I can go into detail on it. <laughs> no just, i can't do that. I, I can't do it for two sentences <laughs> okay. i'm sorry okay there's just too much to it all right uh, so my number five is wait wait, wait I'm sorry I'm sorry to interrupt one more time in that case if you're not going to talk about it will you tell me what's wrong about what I said uh, you didn't talk about playing with other people I mean there's a lot of things to it that you you aren't an MMO person uh, I know you play Final Fantasy 15 now but 14. you come on let's get it right please. aren't the people that I generally play with when I play MMOs like you don't have the traditional mindset that a lot of people do okay because even on even on Final Fantasy 15 do you play with a lot of people 14 whatever uh i what do you mean by play with people do you play with other people like do you spend yes. do you play continuously with the same group of people do you well, have a guild yes i'm in a well it's called a free company but yes i'm in a guild whatever <laughs> i'm in a guild I'm a movie out of a damn channel and i talk with them a lot i play i play with them sometimes but like i'm always chatting with them and stuff in gotcha. game the community aspect for me is is a is a big part of it. There's there's a couple key things, Same. Too, but one of the big ones is is the community that that supports it, and um, it is it is something that I hold very high in terms of like why why I like WoW and other MMOs so much. Okay. So, uh, my number five, surprisingly enough, is Planet Side One. Uh, Planet Side One is it, it's an FPS MMO that came out. So let me actually see. I know it was like the early two thousand. I want to say like two thousand exactly, or something like that. Maybe two thousand two thousand three. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yes, Planet Side. You know, a lot. Some people may recognize the the name because obviously there was a second Planet Side that came out in like two thousand ten, probably. I guess somewhere in that somewhere in that time. Yeah. 
But Planetside 1 was very revolutionary for the time. So Planetside, for those who don't know, is a three-faction, and I'm going to base this purely off memory because it's been a very long time. It's a three-faction FPS MMO where all three factions are competing for territory. And any damage, any territories you take, anything you do uh, is considered to be permanent temporary because essentially if you take over a base and destroy it, uh, you can then build your base, which then somebody can come in and destroy it and take it over. And so there's this, there, it's always going on. It's 24 hours a day. So even if you log off and go to bed, people are still going to be fighting and pressing. And there was just, it was a very cool mechanic. Every time you'd log on, it'd be like, oh shit, like they're pressuring this area. I'm going to get online and go help us out. Oh, this area is getting pressured. Oh, we're going offensive here. It was very cool to be a part of a group of people and to consist, consistent play with them. As well as there were sort of classes, right? Like think of like, um, uh, what's it called? Team Fortress 2. Like there, there's, there's very specific classes that have different roles in it. And uh, it just, it added a really nice element to it because you, you know, you could have a variety of players. It wasn't just the hardcore FPSs that could play this game. There were support oriented ish classes that also had a nice, um, had a nice reason to be there as well. So this game was, was very cool because obviously having sort of that permanent interaction in the world and PVP was, was very uh, new. And as well, yeah. having just a wide variety of people who don't normally play FPSs are now playing this game, which was uh, super cool at the time. Planet Side 2 was not very good. Uh, it, unfortunately, it just didn't really, it, it didn't work in today's world or 10 years ago's world. Um, however, it wasn't necessarily a bad game, just you know, wasn't as cool as the first one. What I heard was that, and I, I remember this game and I thought it sounded like a really cool idea. I really liked the fact that it's it's constantly ongoing and things like yeah. actually change like that doesn't really happen in many MMOs like you don't no. there's not stuff that players do that actually change the world typically but what i remember reading was that was also kind of the problem with it where like you might get on and play a little while and help your team like take over these points or whatever then you log off and then you come back on and it's like it didn't even matter what you did cuz everything's just yep. changed it's a fair argument but at the time it was like there's nothing else to do so sure. the game MMOs at that time were, were much more selective. So it was, um, it was definitely something people got into for a while. All right, cool. Okay. Josh, what's your number four best MMO of all time? Best MMO is elder scrolls online. Uh, this game, the reason why I don't like a lot of games, uh, and this, this has some of it, but like the MMO, the, the major, thing that i equate it to is generally wow uh right because I, I think a lot of people do but um things like wow or things like uh what is it the um god i can't remember the other one uh the dragon one something too oh dragon age? oh no i'm sorry that's, no, that's... no 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 not dragon age but uh god i can't remember it's fine anyway the the thing that i don't like about a lot of these games is the combat to be honest and it's it's one of my main reasons why i always say like i really hate uh these games because of the delayed strange time sync that that happens from uh games like wow when you're like click a button and then your character kind of like channels and attacks and it's things are a little bit off it's it's a weird way to describe, but it's just the general MMO, the way that I think of these games, and I've never been into them. And Elder Scrolls was a little bit different with that, where this combat is is kind of similar with that same bar structure of having your your spells up at the top, you know, like the zero through uh, like one through zero and whatnot. Um, but it still felt a lot more like the combat of an Elder Scrolls game in general, which is kind of what got me into 
this game a bit more is just i've never been a fan of that more uh, very kind of clunky structure in in combat with a lot of the mmo games mm-hmm. and this was one of those ones where i was like oh this is like it feels very fluid it feels very real in comparison and so it it was that that step in and i've just always loved elder scroll games so it was an easy fit um but I never really stuck with it because it's it's one of those things like I, I think it's a good point of what you mentioned of like different mindsets and the fact that you're like, oh, are you in a guild? Are you always playing with, you know, that same group of people? And I think this was always my issue with these type of games is that's not my style at all. Like I am never interested in making new friends or finding like <laughs> a group of people to to play these type of games with. It's just like I have no interest at all. And it's one of those ones where I would have like two or three people that were with me that would play like a game like this. And we would all, you know, have different times that we would want to play or things like that. And it just kind of like, once again, like I I might be just doing this wrong and that's why. And it's just these type of games aren't for me. But like, I always felt like I was going into these games, playing them in a single player world anyway. And it just didn't fit. Right. And that's why I say a lot of these games for me have always been, it's about the community and it's like a lot of the games at their core have never been something that I cared about. It's interesting you say that because I actually really don't like that game, Elder Scrolls Online. I play, I've tried it a few times. I played it when it initially came out. I hated it. I played it again years later after they did like a relaunch thing, and it was better. But my number one complaint with that game is, is it feels like a single player game dropped in an MMO universe, and they didn't connect all the dots. And that right. was like my biggest struggle with it. It's so funny you say it because that game is is a game where it's incredibly story driven, which I generally am adverse to games that, excuse me, to MMOs that are primarily story-driven just because I don't really like it. Uh, and that game is very story-driven and you can do almost everything single-player, which is right. mind-numbing to me. And that's, you're going to, and you're going to see that in, in some of my other picks here. And that's kind of why, like, it makes sense that I gravitate towards these is just because for me, I'm it's like, we are total opposites in what we're looking for when we play mm-hmm. these type of games. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. Yep. All right, who are we back to? You. Me? Okay, my number four is Guild Wars 2. I never That's played. what I was trying to find. Uh, I was thinking I was oh, like, Red really? Dragon. Is he talking about Guild Wars? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I thought of Dragon, but yes, Guild Wars is the one. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I never played the first Guild Wars, but Guild Wars 2 I played a little bit, and uh, just like when it first came out, and that one was pretty good. I kind of enjoyed it. Like, I obviously, well, I never really got very far or very deep into it or anything but jay you played it for a little while also we both used to play like sometimes and i don't really remember much about it but i do do remember like it's kind of fun for a little bit and that's kind of all that's kind of all i remember i played a ton, a ton of that game Did you? it's uh what i like about it, it's oddly enough this isn't on my list um it is it's interesting i like the approach that they took with it guild wars one is a very unique game guild wars two was a more up-to-date approach and what I like about it is you can play with a variety of people and still enjoy it. I would play with people who weren't very good with MMOs, who didn't take them nearly as like serious as I did, and I could still have fun with them. There was a wide variety of content that they did. I love the classes. They had a very unique approach to it. PvP was good. Uh, crafting was good. It was an excellent crafting game. Crafting was good. I, like, I remember liking crafting. Yeah, the reason for me it died is because there was very limited endgame content, which for me is hmm. is is critical because once you hit max level, it's like if I'm working, if I'm leveling a character doing this work for nothing, I have no motivation to play. So I need something to do at endgame either to, you know, grind out gear or to PvE or PvP or whatever it is. But that game lacked uh, endgame content for a long time initially. Besides PvP. Gotcha. Okay. 
Yeah, it's a Guild Wars 2. I, I kind of like that. Don't rem- really remember why. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, who, it's, oh, who's it's next? Me. Who's up? Okay. What's your number three then? My number four was, it, oh, is four. Terra. Number four. My number four is Terra. It's a, I believe it's Korean based MMO that trans, uh, came over to the US. I want to say somewhere in like 2012 ish time. And this game had crazy hype going into it. You know, every game from 2008 to 2014 was the WoW killer. Terra was was that same story. It was another one of those games where people were like, oh, oh this yeah. is the next thing that kills WoW. Yep. The the visuals are incredible. The graphics are crazy. It's an action MMO. The 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 mechanics of the characters are really cool. Like there's endgame content, there's all this stuff. And it was very good, but again, it lacked endgame content. So it ended up not doing very well. And it's been, you know, off and on for a very long time. But man, when you first start playing Terra, it is it is exactly what you want out of an action-based MMO. If you're playing a healer, the mechanics are action-based. They're not just, you know, if you think about it, how do you take, because a lot of MMOs, when I think when I think of like, wow, are based a lot on D&D rules. That's why there's yeah. all the delays on casts and all the different mm-hmm. interactions, because there's the five-second rule, like there is in D&D. When you look at Terra, Terra threw that away and said, no, this is going to be an action-based MMO, and all of your abilities in some way, shape, or form are going to require action. So healers have a reticle that they have to target people with in order to heal them, which is super cool. Because if you think about it, you're running around, you're trying to stay alive, and you get to target your allies with an actual cursor, uh, like an aimer, as opposed to, you know, actually just clicking on them and then casting a heal. You could also do things where you drop like these little healing eggs in the ground, and then they have to step on them. So there's like that very unique interaction. All the DPS, obviously you have to physically, if you're in melee, you have to physically hit the mob. If you're ranged, you have to aim your reticle and hit the mob. And... There's generally not like a quote unquote uh, tank thing where you can just kind of face roll through things. The hardest tank in the class, which is one of the classes I played, I think it was a, it was called a warrior. It was a dual wielding tank class, and your entire uh, survivability depended on mitigation. And what mitigation is is being able to physically dodge the abilities like you would in like um, huh. what's that game called? Um, I can't think of the name of it. The, the really hard game. Dark Souls? Uh, Dark Souls, yeah. Dark Souls. Yeah, kind of like Dark Souls. Obviously not to that extent, but you basically have to identify what the boss is doing and then either physically move or use one of your abilities to get out of the way in order to survive. And I I will tell you, I played a healer. I played multiple tanks. I played multiple DPS. And it was very fun. Leveling was exciting. It was punishing. There was a a good variety of content to do. And overall, it was just one of those games that you're playing and it just kind of looks badass. Uh, it, it feels very cool too, because I played like the Lancer. The Lancer is a tank class that has the ability to physically charge forward into mobs. And it just felt very enjoyable doing it and just being able to, you know, actually interact with the mobs. So it was a nice change of pace from a lot of the, the slower paced MMOs. Cool. All right. I don't know whose turn is it is anymore. It's mine. It is okay. Josh's turn. Yeah, it's mine. What are we on All three right. now? Yeah. Okay. Number three. Maple Story. Yes, oh. I had a feeling you were gonna have it on your list. One or <laughs> well, that's really One. random. If you thought that. One for sure, it's random. But Maple Story, honestly, this is my childhood. Um, I played when it first came out uh, back in 2003, and I dropped it because I didn't know what I was doing because I was very young. And then when I was in high school, a bunch of my friends randomly got into it, and it was like <laughs> just a a lot. Like this was something we got really stuck into. Um, it's definitely the MMO that I put the most time into. Uh, it is just like you were talking about a couple of those other ones, Jay. This is a grind fest. Oh, like yeah. Maple Story, honestly, 
the reason why I, it stuck with me more is because I was looking for more of that action based part, right? More of that like real time constantly uh when you hit a button or you try to do a combo it's instant and then they later came out with classes that were actually much much more efficient with building certain combos and having abilities stack with each other um but the the original base version of maple story which i played was very very uh unforgiving uh where if you died you'd lose so much experience and it oh, was yeah that's right it was so so awful to grind back up but like I loved doing the different party quests in it. I loved fighting all of the the weird bosses that you'd find that would like be so super, super scary and you'd grind and grind and grind and then be able to like finally take these on. Like there was uh, at the time when it first came out, the Balrog was the big crazy thing and you would go on this ship and you would fight this monster that would only show up on a ship while you were uh, oh, sailing yeah. around. And it was like the craziest thing to fight it and and go through that. And it's just... It's definitely like looking back, like I would never play this game again. And I didn't, I enjoyed it, but like, I I think it was more, I enjoyed it once again, because I was playing it with my friends. Um, but if I was to go back to this, it, mm-hmm. it's definitely, it's definitely one of those, like turn your brain off and just kind of grind games, um, which is fine. Like it's, it's good in some, some regards, but like it's, more of third place because it's just a nostalgia place like it's it's always going to be have a soft spot in my heart just because of how much time i invested into it i like it the good one i had a feeling it was gonna be on your list <laughs> that's really weird that you thought that i mean it's just a very very popular mmo well, you're... Yeah. okay all right my number three jay final fantasy 11 yeah. what <laughs> So you and I played this recently and both came to the conclusion that this sucks. (laughs) But when I played it upon release, I really enjoyed it. And it was the first MMO that I ever really got into. And even now it's until I started playing final fantasy 14, it was, it's the most I've ever been into like an MMO. It was fun at the time certainly helped out a lot that everything wasn't just a complete fucking barren wasteland. There were people actually playing the damn game. Uh, you know, a lot of the quality of life stuff that we talked, that we complained about wasn't as obvious back then because that was, this was 16, I guess about 16, 17 years ago. Uh, so back when I used to play it, I used to have quite a bit of fun with it. It was fun just getting in parties and going around killing people with, with other people, killing bosses. I remember uh, I have a fond memory of always getting on the uh, the ship and people saying, hey, don't go like up to the like deck of the ship. Just stay inside because sometimes, not always, but sometimes there's a giant squid that will attack you and kill you. And I would always stay inside the, like the, I was always stay, you know, beneath, like on the inside on the inside of the ship, but then, uh, my curiosity always got the best of me. I'd be like, no, I want to go see other stuff. It was like a fairy that would take you somewhere in game. <coughs> and I'd run out and, uh, you know, 80% of the time the squid would then come and attack us and kill us. But there was always a thrill in that. And just that, and just like meeting people. And it was the first time I'd ever really gotten into a game like this. I have fond memories of it, even though when you and I play, tried to play it a few months ago, 
we were like, this is, this is not good anymore. Yeah, not playable at this point. Not even playable. Yeah. Um, but I have five memories of it and I used to have a fun time with it. So I was kind of torn on this one. So it, so it gets in to the middle of my list. I like it. I don't like it, but I, <laughs> I like it. No, I don't. It's terrible. That's so hey, actually real quick. We got some breaking news, uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter. There's going to be a Dota Netflix show. Oh, I show saw that. Next month, starting next month. Yeah, very interesting. Kind of random. Could be good. Very random. Breaking news again, part two. Uh-oh. According to a, a supposed leak, Diablo 2 Resurrected will be presented at BlizzCon yeah. 2021. Ooh. Yeah. You want to talk about you want to talk about BlizzCon at some point tonight? <laughs> We I was talk- going to bring it up earlier, but I'm like, ah, it's just not worth what's it. Wrong? So what's wrong? What's up? What's up with BlizzCon? It, it, I, I, I would bet if, if, if I was a betting man, uh, that this will be the lowest excitement uh, generating BlizzCon of all time. And oh. it's not because it's remote. It's because they have absolutely nothing to talk about. They, they have three mobile games that apparently are going to be released. Two of them are <laughs> Warcraft related. Then, then the other one is Diablo Immortals. They have their new Hearthstone con- content, which nobody cares. They have new Heroes of the Storm content, which again, surprisingly, nobody cares. Overwatch 2 is still not ready to be released. Wow, Shadowlands is super far into it. They're going to announce TBC for, for Classic, which I have mixed feelings about. The fuck is and TBC? then, yeah, there's a lot of. What'd you say? What's, what's the, what is that? It's the expansion for? to Classic. It's the, it's the next expansion in line for okay. Classic. And then the last thing is obviously Diablo 2 re- remake, which, sorry, I have a very, very strong feeling that Blizzard's going to ruin it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, how can you be excited about any blizzard remake at this point especially yeah. seeing with what they did with world uh lowest with warcraft 3 of all time <laughs> oh, like yeah they'll, they'll i cannot, always have that award i cannot be excited about any especially yeah, about any remakes right now yeah because i mean you, we know they're just doing it for money grub and they're just going to try and make it as easy as possible and there's gonna be a lot of issues and the servers are gonna have issues mm-hmm. it's it just blizzard's gonna take the laziest approach possible to make the most amount of money and that's what they're going to do until they transition to a fully Chinese company and only make mobile games. Cause that's literally where they're going right now. Yeah. So fun times. Fun I thought times. they completely dumped out of heroes of the storm. They're still making they, content. For that? They did, but apparently there's rumors that they're putting, they're going to produce something this year for it for some dumb reason. That seems strange. I, I, I used can't to really like it. Play it. So did I, when it first came out, it was a very unique approach to the MOBA. I played it so casual. Yeah. And then they were like, hey, by the way, we're going to water this down a lot and just stop caring. I was like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice move, guys. Yeah, way to go, Blizzard. Shocker. Uh, I think it's over to me, number three, right? Yeah. I have no idea whose turn it is anymore. I think it's yeah, because you yeah, just went, Robert. All right. My number three is Swoder. Uh, Star Wars. Well, I don't even know what it stands for. Star Wars. The Old Star Republic. Wars, the Old Republic. Yeah, that's right. Uh this game, actually, I don't know when it came out. I want to say like 2012. Sounds, Sounds about, about right. right. Yeah. That's about right. 11 or 12. This game, uh, it came out in 11. Uh, this this was yep. a very fun game. I went from, this is one, so around 2000. Oh, what what do you say? Oh, no, sorry. I was just agreeing with you. Yep. He said, no, yeah. I'm sorry. I had something came through my headphones. It wasn't you guys, and it was a voice. Sorry. Uh, what? <laughs> no, I have th- there was a video playing in the background, and I thought it was one of you guys talking. Are you sure you're not just? I mean, if I stop talking, you know what happened. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know what's happening anymore. uh, 
around 2010, I started to fall out of love with WoW for the first time. And around this time, I was playing I was playing a lot of different MMOs. Or I was trying a bunch of different MMOs. And a lot of my friends uh, decided, yeah, right, decided that we wanted to try playing uh, Star Wars. And so we all switched over to it. And what was really exciting for me is I played a completely different class than what I had generally played um, in WoW at this, and a lot of MMOs for, for that matter. I tried a really, really unique character that I thought was kind of interesting. I ended up falling in love with this game for a while. Um, I leveled a couple different characters to max level. I PVP'd a ton. Wow, max level. Leveling was, what was that? I said, wow, max level. Yeah, right. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad to level, and and realistically, there wasn't a whole lot of content. And I don't, if I remember correctly, there were no dungeons and there were no raids, which hmm. is again the problem with a lot of MMOs is they had it had no end game content. So you'd yeah. PVP until you get bored, or you know, really there wasn't much else you could do. Like it wasn't like you would go out and grind a ton of gear in a fun way. It was just kind of you would log on PVP, maybe do something, level a new character, and it really sucked because we got into it right off the right out the gate, and we were playing a ton. And I loved PvPing in this game. Um, I, I they had a very again a very unique approach to healing, which I always really appreci- appreciated when MMOs take a more unique and try to do something a little bit different than what the the staple is at the time. Uh, and Swoter did this; they did a great job, or Swator, whatever. Uh, they did a great job of of executing on this and trying something a little bit different. Um, the classes in in PvP interacted with, with each other really well, and it was a very skill based MMO when it came to PvP. So I fell in love with this game for a while. Unfortunately, after about six months, I stopped playing because, again, there was no endgame content and their release schedule was so delayed because, as you can imagine, when an MMO first comes out, it requires a lot of resources to um, to get up and running and then also to support it. So in the early stages, I don't think they anticipated the success they were going to have, very mm-hmm. similar to a lot of other MMOs. And in turn, their development cycles were really slow. And a lot of the people who played the game ultimately fell off and around that time, another WoW expansion came out. So it was just, you know, they kind of goofed, uh, understandably. And then they got, the, somebody swept the leg on them. And it just, you know, from there on out, wasn't wasn't anything special. So, but at the time when it first came out, I really enjoyed this game. Uh, it was a very skill-based MMO, which I appreciated. That's what I've heard from, like, everybody is that it's a good game, but it has no end game. You hear that about a lot of MMOs, to be honest with you. Oh, really? Most MMOs, I mean, WoW was one of the first ones. That's what was so revolutionary about wow is they so wow wow came out and people were like well hey we want end game content blizzard's like hold on hold on in two weeks they designed a raid which was i i my, to my understanding one of the first raids in mmo history and they released it within two weeks and people fell in love with it and from that point on they just had so many people hooked that they could just pump money into it and you know we all know where it, where it ended up so <laughs> on final fantasy 14 i just got a fish tank for my house did it freeze over? Are you in Texas? Hell yeah. <laughs> nope. My fish are doing just fine. Nice. Very okay. Good. Whose uh, turn? I'll go. It's my turn. I'll go with yep. my second. Uh, this will be a quick one because mine is also Star Wars The Old Republic. Hey. Wow. Yeah. No, not wow. Okay. Star Wars. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, for pretty much the same reason. So, this was very much a. Uh, I loved so I have very much a love hate relationship with this because yes it was cool but like it meant that I didn't get KOTOR 3 which is always going to be something I am very upset about and will always hate them for coming up with the idea to make it an MMO but it was a fun game I I did enjoy it Uh, I loved playing this with my small group which this was made for a small group that's right 
I think yeah. four was the party size. Four right? was the party size, yeah. which was perfect in a lot of ways because it was pretty much who I was playing with was a small group of friends and we would play. And I really liked, so they didn't really have like raids, but they had events, so to speak. It was like these yeah. little like mini dungeons where you'd go <laughs> in and you'd fight a couple of people, like a, a small uh, just uh, area of different mobs and then you would have like a boss at the end of some sort or like a mini boss and then another boss of some you know just harder enemy at the end there but i really liked it because there was there was also this element of making decisions in the game where you would have dialogue trees and based on your class you would be able to pick like a light side or dark side answer and who you were playing you would try to role play as that character so if someone was like oh we have to kill these people and and one person on the team is like, no, let's save them. You'd play and uh, pick those answers of what you want to do. And each person would get to decide. And it would be very, uh, you know, like roll a dice kind of a thing and see what you get out of like very Dungeons and Dragons, you know, the 20 sided die of who gets the higher roll would end up winning if there was uh, like a tie between people. So otherwise you hmm. could, you could get away with it and make those decisions. But if it was like two people who are both, uh, neck and neck of being like no we got to do it this way we got to do it this way it would go against you and uh you would end up like the whole party would get either the light side or dark side points on your your alignment for characters <laughs> based on those decisions so it would be it would be very much that like angry uh you know group situation of like why do you keep killing the people kind of a thing so like <laughs> there was there was a good amount of that like making it fun as a small group which is what i was looking for in this and also i just i really going from the high of KOTOR games and then to this of just more, you know, old Republic world is really what I was looking for. Like I did enjoy that each one of these characters had a story to them. Like each class was a story that you could play into. Don't you remember any of that to be honest with you? <laughs> well, I think that's, that's very indicative of like different interests yeah. in what we're looking for. So is this like, should I play this game? <laughs> Uh, it's really rough now. Lisa played it uh, last year, actually, because I was talking to her about it for a while, and she ended up playing it. Um, how, it's it's pretty rough. How long now. does it take to get through this story? Uh, 20, 25 hours, maybe? Because there's oh, a decent amount of content for leveling. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not, I mean, again, it's an MMO, so the story is not, you know, it's not full, it's, it's not a full story, if you know what I mean. It's an MMO story. What I've heard mm -hmm. is it's like, I've kind of heard the opposite, but tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. I've, I've heard that it's like an RPG <laughs> That just happens to have a, a bunch of other people playing it. That surprised uh, me. I didn't get that impression from it. In, in some ways, yes. But like not enough of it to make an impact where if you're looking for something that's more of an RPG inside of it, like you're not really going to get it. Like I would say this is a, a very uh, small uh, story that is lined inside of a normal MMO like format. So it sounds in that case like it doesn't really have a lot going for it. Not anymore. I mean, I, I can't imagine you enjoying it, given that you, you know, because it's the same, if I'm not mistaken, it's the same UI as WoW, too. So I don't know. I, don't, I think you would be bored with it pretty quick. Okay. But that's my opinion. Okay. Uh, is it my turn? Yes. Yes. Number two, EverQuest. Wow. This is, I have not played much of it, but it's the first MMO that I ever played. I even remember the first time I saw this in a store. And I obviously, I mean, I know there were MMOs before this now, but I didn't know this then. And I remember like just seeing the box and reading about it. And I was like, holy shit. 
it's got a bunch of people like online all playing in the same world yeah. at once. Like I had never heard of this concept before and it kind of blew me away and I didn't buy it right away, but I was very intrigued and eventually I did buy it. And, uh, I really didn't play that much. I'm not sure why, because I really kind of did have fun and I really just loved the, the concept of being in this world where, to- where a bunch of other people were playing. I also really like the fact that, I mean, I know that pretty much every MMO ha- has dropped this aspect of, of MMOs and for good reason, but I did like the fact that you could just kill <laughs> other players for no reason whatsoever. It's like <laughs> if you were in an area and there was somebody who's a lot stronger than you, they would just kill you. And that happened to me plenty of times. I would go exploring and find like a new town or something. I'd be like, oh, this is cool. And then just get randomly killed by somebody just because the guy felt like killing me. Like, I, I love just how open and free it was for you just to do whatever you want. Um. Besides that, I mean, like, the visuals were pretty cool. Like, all the customization was pretty cool. Like, everything about the game was honestly pretty good. I don't know why I didn't play it more than I did. But uh, even though even though I didn't play it very much, I have a lot of respect for EverQuest. And I feel like it sort of kind of revitalized. Or I, I guess it's kind of like the first... To, to call it a modern MMO is kind of a weird thing. But I feel like it's kind of the first modern MMO. Like, there were other MMOs before this, but as far as I know, this is kind of the first one that really started doing things like that a lot of MMOs today still do. Yeah, like ordering pizza through the UI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong about that, but that's how I see it. And I, and I did have fun for the little bit that I did play it. All right, whoever's next, go next. That's me. Okay. Uh, my number two is Guild Wars 1. Uh, Guild Wars One, the same same downfall of every a lot of demos I've talked about here is is it did did not have any end game to it, but uh, or it had very limited end game to it. But I will say uh, leveling in this game was very good, and the the story for it was actually pretty decent. You were essentially in an MMO universe. You you had your character, you fleshed them out. You didn't really make any any decisions, at least not that I can remember, to like define your character at all. But you at least went through this world where you were basically going through uh, a major story. And what was very uh, capturing, what was very, I guess, I guess they really good about this game is it was very difficult uh, most of the way. And you have to take a very creative approach in order to really clear what were, I think they're called scenarios. And so essentially you'd go into an area based on wh- where you're at in the story and you would say, you know, looking for a group for this scenario, whatever, or you could use bots. Uh, if you did bots, generally you wouldn't be able to clear some of the later ones just because they were too hard. And so you get a party and you basically clear the scenario. And if you fail to do so, then guess what? You lose all your progress and you have to do it again. And some of these scenarios can take, you know, upwards of an hour to an hour and a half, depending on the difficulty of them. So it was very fun to try all the different classes. There was a, a very, they, they took a, a unique approach to, to a lot of the class, uh, the class designs, which I really appreciated. Healing was very, uh, what's the word? It was, it was very engaging. Uh, it, it really kept your attention. Um, and I really enjoyed kind of the variety of the, the different roles that the classes you could play as added to the party. And again, this is a very hard game. So your build meant a lot. And what was crazy is the PVE was very challenging. And it, you know, again, kept your attention. It would keep you busy for quite a while, especially if it was your first time playing through it. But then also the PVP in the game was very competitive, oddly enough. And there was a lot of metagaming going on within, you know, within the PVP universe which again, this is the early stages of, you know, the internet becoming 
readily available to everybody and there's just a, a be there being a ton of information online for this game so what it would ba basically be is each server would kind of go through this evolution of the meta for the different classes so people would figure out oh x is broken well, okay well everybody's doing x well no y beats x okay so now the the meta is shifting over to y and then it would just create this situation where there was a pretty consistent meta that was always evolving and then you basically would either have to keep up with it or you might be just completely decimated in pvp and primarily, I believe the Chinese dominated uh, PvP. I think, I think it was Chinese or Koreans dominated the PvP in Guild Wars 1. Like, majority of the time, you would queue up and you would win because you essentially played through a series of matches. And then if you cleared all the matches, which was like four or five matches, the, the, it would, the server would announce your name and you'd get a reward for it. And I kid you not, majority of the time, it was people playing from either China or Korea that were just absolutely dominant this game. And I never understood it, understood why at the time. Um, but they did have a very creative and competitive approach in PvP, which was pretty darn cool. So um, trying to think other than that, I mean, Guild Wars for me was just very enjoyable. Um, it was one of the, I think, I, I, it was one of the first two or three MMOs that I played. And I ended up playing on the beta when it came out. And what was really cool, at the end of the beta, in order to wipe everybody's characters they unleashed monsters in all the cities because everybody was basically sitting in the cities waiting for the service to shut down. And so they summoned all these worms and all these crazy creatures and they were just killing people in the city. And so you're just like running around. And it, it what was funny is it was like, it started off with like a thank you from the developers. Like, thank you for playing our game. We hope you enjoyed the beta. We hope you purchased the game, you know, to play or whatever. And these giant packages dropped that you could open. And when they opened, they were actually filled with mon monsters that would end up just yeah. what, killing everybody in the server so they could shut it down. And it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was it was a very early on ages. I'm sure you could find photos of it online, um, but it was a very one of those kind of unique experiences to go through. That's cool. Yeah, Guild Wars One was a fun game. It was uh, again, I know I keep using this, but it was very unique. It really all these MMOs minus like WoW and Swoter together ha took a very creative approach, in my opinion, to doing something a little bit different and to approaching an MMO from from a different way. And ultimately, in a lot of cases, different pieces of those have been taken and applied to some of the MMOs that are very popular today. So uh, it's kind of cool to see the roots of it. I remember uh, at the time hearing, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> can't even talk. a lot of good things about it. Good game. Very challenging. I, I imagine it probably still holds up today, too, to be honest with you. To some extent. All right. <laughs> All right, number one. Number one, the best MMO ever made, Josh. Okay, so this is a basically what this list equates to is probably that Star Wars is going to be my number one because this is definitely not an MMO, but I saw a couple of people who <laughs> were arguing that this could be an MMO, but I think they're wrong. But I'm going to use this as my excuse to just shout out a game that I really like, and that's mm -hmm. Path of Exile. Oh, that's an MMO. No, it's sure. not. It isn't. Really? See, think, see? Okay. I think it's, it's debatable. How is it an MMO? I don't even think it's How debatable. How is it not an MMO? Let, let, let's define an MMO real quick. What What is what is Everybody playing on the same plane of existence at the same time. Well, that's not most MMOs today. Okay, I not mean, literally everybody, but at least more than like five I mean, or six uh, Guild Wars 1 did that, by the way. When you left town in Guild Wars 1, you were in your own server. Uh, only when you were in the city could you interact with other people, just like Path of Exile. You would have mm -hmm. to invite people to a party in order to keep them in your party as you left. I don't know. I think it's debatable. Uh, I think so, it's barely debatable. Uh, 
And that is the exact reason why I picked this. And also just because I love Path of Exile. Good (laughs) game. The developers are great too. They're super interactive, really creative with the updates and approaches. I really respect the development of that game. Yeah. I don't have too much. I don't have too much to talk about it from a MMO perspective, but if you are into Diablo and you weren't that crazy about Diablo three or where Blizzard kind of changed up the Diablo uh, gameplay, you got to check out Path of Exile. Path of Exile is a very non-casual game. That's what I really oh, yeah, appreciate. For sure. Diablo 3 was like, hey, let's water this this type down into a puddle. And it was like, okay, well, this game sucks. Nobody's going to play anymore. And Path of Exile is like, I've got the game for you. Yeah, no. Path of Exile is great. Plus, it's free. That's true. They do a great job with that game. I love the updates that they do. Sweet. Yeah, Robert. Uh, me? My number one, I think... It's quite obvious. Final Fantasy fourteen. I've been playing for I think a little over a year, and I've put like three hundred hours into it. Uh, and is that supposed to be a lot? Well, for a year. Oh, I'm kidding! I'm kidding. Rip. <laughs> um, and I'm not even. I haven't even finished all of like the main story quest content. I finished like the first, like the base game. I finished the first expansion. I'm, I think maybe a little over halfway through the second expansion. And then there's a third one and they just announced the fourth one. So I've been playing for that long. Still not even done with the main story quest. Shitloads of stuff to do. I just recently got my character to, to, uh, to max level. Um, there's tons of, uh, there is tons of end game content. There's lots of stuff you can do just to get like, cooler looking stuff you can buy houses you can buy shit to decorate your house with i just recently fish tanks <laughs> yeah you you got fish tanks all over the place not really you only got fish tanks if you're cool <laughs> enough for them uh i just got a new fish tank and i've got i got a i put a goldfish in it uh what else i just recently got my house to begin with so that was the the house buying process is kind of uh, asinine but i i did get a house which is sweet you can do lots of stuff to customize your house. You can, uh, there's lots of cool ways to like customize just your character himself. There are like, there's so much content in the game. It kind of blows my mind. Like even with all I've done, even, and, and without even being, you know, like through with the second expansion yet, there's still so much stuff that I could even, that I've kind of like skipped over just like random side quests and, uh, like just tons of other shit that I haven't even tried to do yet. It, it just blows my mind how much stuff there is to do in this game. And the Final Fantasy universe itself is just kind of cool. So I just kind of like being in there and just doing stuff in, in the Final Fantasy world. So it's, uh, it's, I've never been into MMOs heavily, but this one I've, I've really been hooked on. Yeah, I played it a few times. I played it when it first came out. It was fun. It's very, it's a very good game. It's yeah. uh, it's it's definitely more. It it fits a different audience um, than some of the other more. I would say the bigger MMOs at the time. Oh, really? uh, I, I like the approach they took, it and people people really like it. I, I like it. It's not it's not my favorite, but it's uh, it's it's a good one. Also, I'll, I'll add that I'm. It, it helps that I'm also part of a good, uh, you know, guild, or as I said, they're called free companies in this game. They're, they always have events going on where it's like, hey, we're going to do runs on this dungeon, you know, if anybody wants to join. Or, hey, we're going to we're gonna go farm mounts. 
uh, you know, or we're going to do like there, there's maps in the game where you can get these maps and it'll show you kind of like zooms in on a random part of the map of, of a given area. And so it's like, you know, there's a treasure here and you got to kind of like look at the larger map and try to figure out where it is. Um, there, there's people in my free company that are always doing stuff like that. So there's lots of like fun stuff just to do kind of socially. And, uh, yeah, there, I, the game, just, there's so much to do in the game that I, I think that's kind of where it, why it's caught me. Like there's always something I can log in. If I don't feel like doing the main story quest, I can just, I can, I can do other things. There's, there's always something to do. And, and the story yeah. actually is really good too. One, the, the, the main, the, the base game before you get to the expansions, the story is actually not that good. And that's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of hours you have to get through. So if you don't like the other stuff, which I do, you're not going to like the game. But for me, there was, there was enough stuff like tangential to the story that I really enjoyed. And then once you get past the, the, the base game and get into the expansions, then the story, then it kind of adds on like, Oh crap. Now the story actually gets good too. So there's, so there's more to like. So I I've, I'm a big fan. I will say one of the things I really appreciate about that game is, is how difficult you can make the PVE. Um, there are some really, really fun boss fights, especially when you do the summons on the raids and stuff that were, I, I tanked them and then I healed them and it's very fun. Uh, I oh, enjoyed yeah. doing some of those. Yeah. They do have some, some, some good boss fights and some, and some hard ones and they have like extra hard versions of some of the boss fights as too uh, of some of the boss yep. fights too. And, uh, it gets, it gets nuts sometimes. All right. Whoever's next. What's your favorite? What's it's, the, what's the best MMO? I'm the, I'm the caboose. I'm holding All this right. up. I was yawning. Uh, my number one MMO, and for anybody who's been a long-term listener, this should not surprise anybody. anybody. Uh, this is Warhammer Online, Age of Reckoning. Warhammer is a, hey, one of the uh, WoW killers, uh, 2010-ish era. Very, again, unique approach to a lot of different things. They took pieces of MMOs that had been popular over the 10-year span from 2000 to 2010, and they more or less took pieces that they liked and left the rest behind and created a very solid product. Uh, it's unfortunate the timing that they released this game because if I remember, remember correctly, this is around the time that WoW released another expansion and it ultimately devastated their numbers. However, I actually think that Warhammer is an incredible <laughs> game from a lot of different directions. The first one is the class selection is very cool and there's a wide variety of classes you can play somewhere. I, I wanna say there's somewhere probably close to 15 different classes you can play somewhere around that ballpark, which is very cool uh, because essentially both uh, the good faction and the bad faction have a number of races and each of the, those races have their own unique classes. Usually each race has a tank, a healer, and a DPS and potentially a second DPS as well. So as you can imagine, all these different classes have different play styles. All the healers have a pretty cool and uh, individual kind of feeling to them. And the DPSs are insanely fun. And you think about all this in... The fact that there's a lot of PVE, but also PVP in this game. So trying to balance that was, is very challenging. And it was not perfect, but it was exceptionally fun. So what did they do right? Number one, they did things <clears throat> that promoted community engagement, kind of what you're talking about. They implemented what I call PQs or, or public quests. And essentially a public quest is an event will spawn and anybody in the area can see that it's spawned and everybody runs over to do the PQ or public quest together. You don't have to be in the same party. So you can essentially do this fully interacting with people. You can also interact, invite people to a group and form a group in order to do some of the more challenging public quests. 
So public quests are great. It's a nice, it, so while you're leveling, there's an extensive variety of ways you can level. You can level through PVP. You can level through questing. You can level through grinding. You can level through doing public quests. And all these different things add up over time. So if you're burned out on doing one of them, you just switch to the other one. You can queue for a battleground wherever you are, hop into a battleground, do a couple rounds of B PVP, and then go back to leveling for a while if you're waiting for something specific to happen. Uh, generally, PQs give good gear for leveling, which is great because it keeps that constant trajectory of you getting stronger and getting better. As well, you can repeat PQs to get some other things that you already haven't received. So PQ is a great way to level. Questing. Questing is fun. There's some pretty cool elements to it. They had, they uh, were one of the early MMOs for me that had a lot of interactive elements to the actual questing, where you would actually have to pick up objects, put them down, you know, do different things like that, which was very unique because not, not a lot of MMOs at that time had done that. So I really appreciated that. You have PVP for leveling, which you have battlegrounds, which is great. You can also duel people in the world, which is always fun to just run at people. And then there are world events for PVP. And these consist of people sieging castles and defending them. And these sieges can take hours and hours and hours to go through. So you're sitting in a castle questing, all of a sudden you hear the alarm and there's a raid moving on that castle. And so you basically have to fortify with other people and hold it off as long as possible. Usually in most cases, they have a certain amount of time where they can capture it. If they don't capture it, you keep it for a set amount of time. If they do capture it, then you lose it and you have to get the hell out of there and go somewhere else. One of the very cool things about this is one thing that ruins a lot of MMOs is when high-level people revisit low-level zones and kill people, kill what or, or it's called ganking lobbies, where you are a max level killing a you know very low-level person very easily. In this game, if you were X number of levels above the zone that you were in, you would get turned into a chicken with five health and anybody could kill you. So if you went back to try and go gank a bunch of lobbies, those lobbies would kick your ass and you would end up getting beat up until you leave which was extremely cool because what it did is then while you were leveling, it allowed, it, it more or less kept the opportunity for people who wanted to do those events who were actually at those levels to be able to do them, which was extremely fun, especially if you're leveling multiple characters. And you got a lot of experience for doing these PVP events, which again is very cool because it's another, another way to level. Now, as you could probably guess, what didn't this game have? It didn't have a lot of end game, unfortunately. It didn't have dungeons. It didn't have raids. However, it had all these... PQs that were sort of the replacement for dungeons and raids, which for me worked out very well. Um, I leveled mo multiple characters to high levels. I played on multiple servers. I PVP'd a ton. I went with a lot of different guilds and did so many different things. It just, this game is incredible. I love tanking this game. I love healing this game. It's just, there's just so much to it. And every time I played this for the podcast not too long ago. And when, when I sat down, it took me a while to decide on the class I wanted to play because I tried a bunch of different characters. I tried all the different aspects of what they can do. And I was like, I want to play this character. I want to play this character. I want to play this character. It's just, I, I love the character designs. They're very interactive. It is a very similar UI to that of WoW um, and kind of like Guild Wars as well. Uh, just not not as strict as, as Guild Wars was. So, Wow. Um, War Warhammer is an incredible MMO. I'm really sad that I didn't play it more when it was popular. It was one of my fondest memories playing an MMO for sure. I spent a lot of time playing it, and I really don't regret any of it. It was just a very enjoyable experience. Hmm. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Good game. Very good game. All right. Is that it? Or is that all of us? That's, That's it. it. Okay. We got emails. Then we're going to wrap it up. Josh, how are you doing on Hello. time? 
Uh, it's midnight. Do you need to but head I'm... out? No, I'm doing okay. I'll stick around for questions. Okay, I was hoping we would finish in under three hours this time. <laughs> but I you are going to be like, I was hoping you'd leave. <laughs> I was like, damn. But it looks like that's not going to be the case this time. Maybe, uh, maybe someday you'll be on a less than three hour long episode. Probably not. But Probably it's not. Probably I'm here not. for it. You, you, you can't say Unlikely. let's talk about MMOs and expect us to be under three hours. Yeah, good You're point. Just All right, well, let's burn through some emails. We got four of them. I will, uh, I'll start us off. We got one. This one's coming in from Dan. Dan says, howdy gents. Last episode was a great listen, made my work trip a lot more bearable. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thank you. I figured I would participate in the top five this time around since, uh, this time around though, I feel like because of factors such as development costs, server cost, player adaptation, etc., there aren't nearly as many MMOs out there as compared to any other genre. Five, Wow Burning Crusade. This is my only foray into the Wow series, and I actually really enjoyed it. My friend convinced me to get it, and he helped me along the way. That being said, I didn't get farther than level 45 ish because I got sick of the tab target system. It seems like most people really enjoy it, but I prefer true action systems for whatever reason. Four, Path of Exile. (laughs) There we go. Oh, Robert, there you want to talk about it? Yeah, I'm sorry that <laughs> you're disqualified. Sorry that it's not actually an MMO, but uh, I recently started playing this one, and it was one of those strange cases where, on paper, this game really excited me. I, it ticked all of the boxes for me, but the 3D graphic style just sort of seemed bland to me. I can number, see that a little bit. Number three, Furcadia. Just kidding. It's <laughs> real thing. Oh, is that? I don't know what that is. Is that a shout out to you? Is that like a hentai game or something? I have no idea. Let's see. For K, uh, it got a, f- apparently it has a 5.5 out of 10 on MMORPG.com. Right, right. Oh, it's a furry game. Yeah. There you go. Makes sense, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Number two, Maple Story. There you go. Hell yeah. Funny you guys had just mentioned this one in the last episode. I could speak ad nauseum on this one because I sunk so many hours into it when I was younger. It is indeed a 2D side-scrolling MMO. We had that. We were wondering about that. With incredible visuals and real-time combat, it did have a huge emphasis on grinding, and the drop rates on certain beginner items were even a little crazy. That yep. being said, it was so different than anything at the time. I remember checking the beta sign-up page like 30 times a day. Sometimes alternating, pretending to be sick with my other friend who also wanted to play so one of us could stay at home and catch the sign up. (laughs) That's nuts. Sick, pretending to be sick, not just to stay home and play games, but to stay home and potentially sign up for playing a game. We eventually did, and I played it for many years to follow. Number one, Diablo 2 and Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction Expansion. Oh, Robert, how mad are you? Not an MMO, but uh, I'll, I'll allow it. Does Diablo 2 count as an MMO? I sure hope it does. I suppose it would fall more into an online multiplayer adventure game. Yes, you're exactly right, Dan. Uh, But I don't care. The amount of Diablo 2 my friends and I played trumped even that of StarCraft, 
We were addicted to UMS stuff like sunken defense at the time and probably pleasure Kerrigan. I don't want to know. Oh yeah. What's, what is play? Okay. Now I do want to know. It was a custom made mod. I don't remember what the actual game was. There were all these like weird ones, like Duke and Kerrigan having sex. Like there was just the name of the game. <laughs> oh, like, hot damn. Yeah, it was really weird. How did they, how did they make, how did they mod Starcraft into they didn't mod it. It was just the title of the game, and then it was literally nothing. It was just dog do. Okay. I really hope Blizzard stops shitting the bed and remasters it. Nah. Well, I got news for you. They're going to remaster it and shit the bed. Yeah, they're going to shine a turd and hand it to you. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> Give us and, $50. <laughs> anyways, my apologies for the long-winded email. Kindest regards, Dan. Thank you, Dan. No apologies necessary. We've had much longer-winded emails. I'm going to save Chase's for... I think Chase has has earned the right to go last. So let's save his for last. Uh, Jay, do you mind reading Jeffries? No, no, no. It's making me upload it as a file. Tell me if the formatting's weird. Got it. Uh, who's this from? Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey says, what up, Luke, Tenur, and George? J-Dog here dropping another sweet email. And if you guys don't know that reference, that's from D&D, uh, the, the names. Uh, J-Dog here dropping. What'd you say? Except for George. <laughs> no, sick. that's his name in D&D as well. Okay. Oh, I don't play, but I guess that's what I would be called. <laughs> uh, he says, J-Dog here dropping another sweet email in your inbox. Glad that Robbie Boy had a good time with Wing Commander. Robbie Boy. I... Yeah, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, I like it. <laughs> I, that I makes me more uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, he says, I agree that Mark Hamill is a good actor, and it's it's too bad uh, he appreciated all the all of the hold Final up, Fantasy hold up. You skipped about Wait, 100,000 words. Oh, it did. I see. Hold on. Let me try. I'm using it. It's using notepads. So let me do word wrap. Hold on a second. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't have word wrap on, so it was just like one line. I was like, what is he reading? Uh, you skipped 100 cents. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh... He said, is a good actor, and it's too bad he got marginalized. Did you ever see the movie Guyver? No. Uh, it's a science fiction movie with Mark Hamill, and it's pretty terrible. There was a sequel called Guyver 2, and it's actually pre pretty fun time. Rob especially might be interested because it stars, you'll never guess, David Hayter. Wow. <laughs> this is Guyver? Guyver 2. Guyver 2. David Hayter's in Guyver 2. Mark Hamill's in Guyver 1. I gotta look. How have I never heard of these? I'm like a I'm like the sci-fi Yeah, I'm the king of everything. Okay, I gotta look these up. Gotta check these out. Thanks, right. Jeffrey. Uh, he said, I appreciated all the Final Fantasy 4 love. I will say that I think that it wasn't just good for its time because of the leap in quality and in depth and not just uh, for nostalgia. It is just legit, flat out good. I played it for the first time several years ago, and I like it a lot more than Final Fantasy VI, a game that I played when I was 17 or so. When I replayed Final Fantasy VI recently, I liked it even less than the first time. I appreciate a lot of what it did, but I was way more invested in the characters and story of four. <laughs> I like the diversity of each character battle mechanics, and I think it is one of the few RPGs that balances uh, that balances enemies... Sorry, my thing cut out. Enemies difficult, uh, difficultly excuse me, balances enemy difficulty perfectly with a lot of unique challenging bosses. The moon especially stands out. I really enjoyed the way it was set up uh, with optional bosses guarding the elite equipment uh, and summons. It has some silly stuff, but all in all, it's a really fun time. 
getting to Final Fantasy IV definitely means you are hitting the best stretch of Final Fantasy games in terms of quality. From 4 to 10, you have 5 that are the most beloved, 4, 6, 7, 9, and 10. And I don't think there's a single unplayable dud like 2 or 3 or some of the later entries, even 8, which I absolutely hate, is well made and worth playing through. Um, I like 11, but it's much different feel from the rest of the series, and 13 is also very divisive. A couple episodes ago, I think Chase asked if you guys use game FAQs or YouTube or what your primary source was if you need help. Uh, I still almost exclusively use GameFAQs. With, or it is the best way to avoid spoilers and look specifically for what you want without getting more help than you wanted. Rarely will I use YouTube if I need a visual aid to find, the, uh, to find where something is in a level or how to execute a puzzle or difficult mechanic. I also find it can be a pain in the ass to find YouTube videos that shows exactly what I need and can find the correct part of the video. Plus, most YouTubers are long-winded and annoying. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who used a lot of, of guides this week for Final Fantasy III, <laughs> holy shit, people need to just jump to their jump to their content. Uh, he goes on to say that that's What's what up, makes guys? This... Smash the like button real quick. Make sure yeah, you subscribe. Right? Now, let's talk about Final Fantasy III. First came Final Fantasy One. That game was pretty good. You know, it's got all these classes. Final Fantasy II came out a couple years later. Let's talk about that for a minute. Now we got Final Fantasy III. Final Fantasy III, is it a good game? That's up to you to decide. But what I'm here to talk about is Final Fantasy III and how to get to this summon. Now, what you do is this and that. Am I right? Yeah, so so a prime example of this, I'm playing Super Mario RPG right now, and I got to the Lost Forest. And long story short, I, I couldn't find the way through because I already collected Geno, and I couldn't figure out how to get through the Lost Forest without Geno guiding you. So I tried to look it up, and I found a three-page article about the how to get through the forest. The first uh, page was them explaining what, what the game was and how good it was. <laughs> the second page was them explaining how to get to the forest. And then the third <laughs> page was just was just five words. It was like, straight right right left straight oh my i was God. so tilted i'm just like bro like you need to delete your website i'm just so frustrated <laughs> also there were floating ads everywhere that got in your face too so i will i will before we finish i will agree with jeffrey right here i think i might have said this when chase was talking about it um yeah game facts is always my go-to and i mm -hmm. i do the exact same thing if i really need specific visuals on how to get past something yeah i'll go to youtube but that's only like if i have to Game facts is, is is still my go-to. Respect it. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, that's what makes Nest Drunk and Nest Friend so good. Uh, brevity, my man, which apparently I cannot currently abide by. Uh, sorry for going on. <laughs> Excited to finally dig into the Monkey Island and share my thoughts with y'all. Uh, it'll be very cool to have Jay play something Rob loves for a change, since the opposite is more often the case. Later, fools. Jeffrey. Uh, the title was a reference to Rob saying, what was the title of the email, Robert? Oh, let me check. Uh, Rob dot, dot, dot. Oh, okay. So he says the title was referenced to Rob saying so much of the dialogue in Final Fantasy four was just, uh, Rydia Cecil. Since my email. Oh, right. No, okay. Right. Well, Rydia, Rydia yeah. dot, 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 Cecil dot, dot, dot. Yeah. That's Robert what he's saying. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I respect it. There we go. I got it. I get yeah. it now. That was a good one. That was a good one, Jeff. I'm, ex I'm excited to play three or four and talk through it again. It, or, or, I don't know if it's again. I'll have to talk about the podcast, but uh, they're very excited to, to talk about it again. Okay. We got two more. We got one from Will. Will says, what up, Will? What up, Will? He says, hey, yo, 
Rob J and the Jorsh 90. Very last minute email. Hope you can get to it. If it's not, hope you can get to it. If not, it's no worries. So I want to start by saying after listening to this pod, top to bottom for the third time. Jesus. Jeez. I would never have guessed. I would never. You could have gotten through the Final Fantasy 14 first main story quest missions. Uh, I would, I would never have, I would have never guessed Rob of all people would be the number one RPG fan. It makes me wonder how different the pod would have been if Rob was an RPG guy when Blake was on. So Jay, what happened with Final Fantasy IX? I agree with what you said a few episodes back. There are too many bugs that sometimes make the game unplayable, but the soundtrack is the best in the series. The same episode when you talked about the same episode when you talked about it maybe three episodes ago when you kept calling the forest a city had me laughing at work like a crazy person hope you can finish it what that's a reference to actually hope you can finish it though it sounds like there was a forest and you called it a city idiot listen uh no i still have my file i play i play occasionally i had i had a, a series of bugs that were driving me nuts with it locking up and losing and not losing data but losing my progress so I t- I've taken a break from it a little bit. I will I will get back into it because obviously at a certain point I'm going to catch up to it as well. But um, I will at a certain point finish it. I really got to get so moving. There, there I don't want you to I don't catch up. Exactly what I was dealing with. There's something that really turned me off from playing it for a while. Hmm. I'm doing Final Fan. I'm doing Final Fantasy every other RPG right now, and I'm doing other ones in between. I- I'm afraid you're going to catch up with me. I'm just playing games. As I-, I mean, I- I'm playing four and Super Mario right now, or Super Mario RPG right now. So I got to get a move on. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, Josh, how are them MMOs treating you? Remember <laughs> raid night next Tuesday and don't forget to bring your flasks and pots. That's right. Oh, I would not be good for your party. I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, that's a raid. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> fucking MMO bro. <laughs> Uh, he says, I can only pick three. I think he's talking about MMOs. Uh, yes, he is. Class number one, I, he's going in top to less bo- less good order, I think. Number one, classic RuneScape. Or do they call yeah. it old school RuneScape? I don't know. But that game had the whole package, PvP mostly, and of course the scheming that went on. Two, Final Fantasy XI. I'm kidding, 14. There is no MMO prettier, and I doubt there ever will be. Number three, world. Ooh, have you seen New World? What's New World? New World is Amazon's Amazon MMO. One? Also, also uh, Ashes of Creation looks very beautiful. So, okay. Number three, World of Warcraft. I hate this game, but the only reason I played it is because I grew up uh, classic PC gaming with yeah. orcs and humans in Warcraft Two. Shitty list, Will. <laughs> 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 Gotta love it. Isn't that game? Wasn't that game Black Desert Online supposed to be really, really good Media. looking? Uh, yeah, it's apparently pretty good too. I heard it's bad, but the graph, but like the art and graphics are really good. Art is very grindy, but I heard, I heard it's pretty good. Hmm. All right, last one. It's Chase the Night Cleaner. Jay, can you uh, handle this one? Yeah, 100%. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna chop it up and paste it into the chat so you can just, uh, oh, wow. You can just, there's more to come. There's more to come. I'm surprised Chase doesn't normally send this long of emails. Oh, that's a chonky boy. All right. All right. Sorry, give me one second here. I'm just trying to make sure. It's not okay. 
Oh, okay. I'm glad I asked for your opinion. Oh, that's really funny. Uh, Chase says, Chase the Night Cleaner here with a sweet little email for your inbox. Also, hello there. Hello, Indy jo- Josh or George. How are you enjoying the show so far? Uh, you know, other than all this MMO talk, it's been great. <laughs> about half the show then. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here for about half of it. It's all good. Uh, he goes on to say, how many inappropriate images has Robert put in Discord chat so far? Surprisingly, zero. Surprisingly, you know, that's what's tame. so that's so funny because I remember the last time we were on, Vaughn and I were getting so disturbed by a picture of Fox and Falco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that shit. Holy shit. <laughs> Don't don't forget. I don't Why know how, and, and I even talked about plumbers don't wear ties and managed to not. I don't know. It's true. Do anything. So many opportunities missed. <laughs> Chase goes on to say, "It's wild that this many years on, I can still find a retro game that I feel is really great and that I haven't heard or, or heard of or played before." But that is exactly what I did. Hmm. Uh, Chase goes on to say, "I'm not usually one to really push a game, but I'm." Uh, but I am very impressed. Treasure of Rudras. Rudras? Okay. Oh, Rudora. No, I don't know. I've never heard of this game before. You got the Japanese name right there. Rudora no Hiho. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, was the last JRPG Squaresoft made for the Super Famicom in, two, in 1996. And it never gave, it never came to North America. It has everything you would, you would come to expect. Uh, from a from a late in the system life game from Square. The music is good, the visuals are amazing, with most monster and character sprites being fully animated. The story is about a group of people who are trying to save the world, but what really sets this game apart, uh, excuse me, sets this game apart is the spell system, which is very unique as you have to make the spells yourself using the magical language of the game, and you can access any spell at any part of the game if you know the right words. Huh, this yeah. is called the mantra system, and I think Treasure of Rudus is the only Square game that ever uses it. But it's kind of an interesting concept, to say the least. Yeah, it is. Uh, Chase goes on to say, if learning the magic languages of the game sounds like too much work, uh, don't fret. This game is almost 25 years old, and other folks have already done most of the work for you, and the game uh, will hint at words you can use to create spells throughout. But if you ain't got no time for that, just look for a website. At first, I was skeptical because I thought the gimmick would get old quick, but this game has elemental damage and weakness, e.g. ice, fire, earth, etc. Just like every other square game, you can cycle through spells to get the most out of your uh, of your very flexible and mutable spell list. Take it or leave it, this game is surprisingly good. The only major critique is I do find myself lost every now and again as uh, as I miss one or two pieces of game text uh, that tells me where to go or the description isn't clear enough. If any of this sounds good, I've put some links at the end of the email for you to check it out. Uh, and as it's a uh, fan sub, You'll only have to emulate unless you want to buy a custom cartridge. Uh, and now for the question of the day. You get told to play games uh, all the time, so now you get a chance to do the same. If you had one game to recommend to the folks listening out there, or me in particular, what one game would you recommend right now? doesn't have to be retro. retro. Oh, gosh. Josh, you're up first. Too many to... Binding of Isaac, baby. Play it. Best rogue. Oh, I forgot is. you're a big Binding of Isaac fan. 
huge fucking fan. Binding of Isaac. I live and die on that game. I played a good bit of Binding of Isaac. I never really got as sucked into it as a lot of people do, but but I did enjoy it. God, I love it. I I'm well, so I'm a huge roguelike roguelite fan. Like it's just my jam. That mm-hmm. that type of game is what I'm into. And I think a lot of games would not be where they're at without the Binding of Isaac and like a lot of the different strats and strategies that just came about that game it's just it's too good Speaking if of- i had recommended a game i would i would choose hades as as a non-retro game um hades uh, obviously i know you've been playing a lot robert but i fell in love with hades very very quickly from the music to the animations to the gameplay to the challenge just the overall story it's just that game to me is is almost perfect it is just incredibly fun and every time i sit down and play it i know what i'm going to get out of it I get it and I enjoy it. It is well worth the twenty or thirty dollars, whatever it costs. I was actually if you're looking. Go ahead. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. You go. Okay. If you're looking for another good game that's like Hades that came out a little bit before it, uh, it was back in 2019. There's a game called Children of Morta that does that very similar mechanic of it's a roguelike, but even if you die and you don't progress anywhere through the story, they'll still give you bits of new pieces yeah, like light progress. Make- exactly that'll make it feel like you're still progressing even if you are just awful at the game that's a like a beautiful looking game too children of Morta is it's a yeah and it's it's very challenging but it's very fun jay it's funny that you say that because i was playing hades like today and thinking the i had the exact same thought in my head which is this game is almost perfect (laughs) yeah it it is it's like if you go into it you know knowing what you want from that game it's just it's just beautiful and it's fun to watch like there are not many games today that i really enjoy watching other people play minus like rts's or something something competitive but for a single player game it is just jaw-droppingly beautiful to watch people play and the sound effects add so much to it too mm-hmm. i love oh. how you can get uh like start getting you know you get upgrades as you play throughout a run oh yeah and they're they're randomized but like you get to choose you know to, to some extent you get to choose which ones you get and you can get certain upgrades that just like have crazy synergy with each other and you can just get super overpowered builds. Like that's fun to me that they let you just get like builds that are crazy powerful every once in a while. Great game. Like I was, I told you, so I just, I just beat my, I I just had like my first, you know, successful complete run through of it. And there's more to play after that, but I just like, Oh yeah. That's like, there's so much beyond that. Yeah. It's like, you're just kind of getting started when you beat the game for the first time, but I just beat it for the first time. I think, uh, what was it? I texted you. Was that yesterday or yeah, it was like yesterday. yesterday. And, uh, I had this insane build where one of my attacks, uh, was, which, which was my stronger attack. It did more damage and it also deflected, incoming damage so it was really safe just to run up to guys and just start wailing this really strong attack because if they tried to attack me as long as they didn't get me like in the split second in between attacks i would deflect anything that they threw at me and on top of that i had the the i forgot what it's called but the like the trinket which gives you extra dodge the more the more like every encounter if you finish it quickly in a certain amount of time it raises your dodge percentage and then at one point I got another thing that raised my dodge percentage, like 10% on top of that. So I had like total of, by the time I got to the final boss, I had total of like 30% dodge chance. Anytime I got attacked, I had deflect on my main thing. And also when I was dashing, and then I also had a little bit of uh, like damage absorption. So it was just impossible to do damage to me. So I basically just like 
brute forced the final boss, just ran up to him and started just like doing this one attack over and over again. And then, you know, dodging when, when, when I needed to, but, uh, it was a, it was a crazy powerful build. How good is the music in that game? Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, for sure. The music is fucking great. Yeah. It's beautiful. Fantastic. I love, especially yeah. the last boss music. It just picks up so well. Yeah. But no, what I was going to say is like, that's my favorite reason of just roguelikes in general is yeah. that, that moment, that moment where you like all of those games always start out where you're very weak and you're like this nothingness. And then you get those runs that are just that, that amazing moment where you're like, I'm so powerful. And you just like, you feel like a God and those moments, especially when you start, you know, playing these types of games or you have played a game for long enough, you understand what you need to do to get there. Cause you understand the builds and like, get better with understanding even though there is a randomness to it what you need to do when you're given those pieces and like that's what i enjoy the most like my favorite build in in hades is literally a very very cheesy one which is you go both poseidon and zeus and you try to go the water dash where anytime you knock back someone you'll also trigger zeus's like lightning damage (laughs) you literally fight people by just dashing around and you just destroy mobs oh that's awesome Dash builds are really fun. Like, yeah. yeah, they're so good. I had a pretty good build today where I had uh, the... I think I had the... um. It was the trident, but... Or the lance, whatever. No, it's not called a trident. It's called a lance, right? The spear. It's a spear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. It's a spear. And I got uh like an upgrade that would make it do three like if i did one jab with it it actually did like three jabs oh yeah like, yeah like a kind of an area of effect type thing and then on top of that it had uh i got lightning like chain lightning on it so if there were guys in front of me i would hit you know multiple ones at, at a time just by doing the basic attack and then lightning would hit all of them and then that would chain back and forth between all of them and so I was just doing like anytime I hit somebody, it was like three different attacks at once hitting each person. Mm-hmm. Such a good game. Very good game. Do you guys? What is your, what is your choice, Robert? Will for sounds like hate. <laughs> <laughs> if I had will, this actually made me think of this since we're talking about roguelikes. My favorite roguelike ever is Brogue, and that's if we're talking about games that I would rec- recommend and say. Okay, if you're going to play any game right now that I say, there are a few that come to mind. I would say The Secret of Monkey Island, because that's one of my favorite games of all time. I would also say Metal Gear Solid 3, because that's also one of my favorite games of all time. But those are also games that, like, for a lot of people, there's a good chance that at some point they're going to play them anyways. What I might say is Brogue, because there's a less chance that you're going to end up playing that. But it is one of my favorite games ever. It's a fantastic roguelike. It's a turn-based roguelike. It's got ASCII graphics, but they managed to make them look absolutely beautiful. Uh, it is extremely challenging. I've never, I've never beaten the game out of. I, I've played at least a hundred hours of this, I guarantee, and I've never beaten it. Um, but it is extremely good. If you want to look it up, you have to search for Brogue Game. Otherwise, you get like a Jew website or something like that. Uh, and the uh, the first result is like a Google Sites page, and you have to go there and download it from there. It's it's free to play. It's free to download. And uh, but I, I would recommend my my answer to this is Brogue. Dope. Yep. Very cool. All right. Uh, we got more from Chase. 
Yep, he says, and that's it for me today, folks. As uh, as always, thank you for this wonderful part of your show and for doing what you do. Cheers and talk again soon. The Ch Chase the Night Cleaner. He says, for more info on the game, check out Fantasy Anime's fan page dedicated to Treasure of Rudris okay. about Treasure uh, of Rudris. Is what I close out with. So. Okay. Thanks, Chase. Yeah, I watched a I watched a quick YouTube video of it. It actually looked pretty cool. It reminds me a lot of uh, Mario RPG from like an, an aesthetic point. Which oh, makes really? Sense since, yeah, which makes sense since it's later into the generation. And it's uh, a SquareSoft game as well, but uh, the the spell system did kind of look uh from an outsider's perspective very confusing because it was just a lot of weird words <laughs> do you guys i got a question for you since we're talking about hades at the risk of us going on way too long oh, is uh josh do you guys consider super giant games and it seems like you do from 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 what i have listened to on the podcast you consider them an indie developer yes because yeah so go ahead <laughs> go ahead well go ahead. I, what i was gonna say is they to me personally, f like fall in kind of the same category as Devolver, which is yeah. like they started off definitely indie, and now it's like they've gotten so huge. I really have a hard time calling them indie anymore. Yeah, I think so. Here's the thing that we've talked about, and we did a whole episode on this, uh, which you guys actually uh, sent in an audio clip about this. But our episode oh, right. 100 was all about like, what do you think is indie, right? Yeah. And and Juan and I went on a, a pretty long discussion of of how we felt. And we kind of came down to the conclusion that like in, in a lot of ways, indie is a pretty like meaningless term in the industry now. Sure. Uh, and I, I think that it's become watered down in a lot of ways that's both good and bad um, because, you know, English uh, or just in general, languages evolve over time. And I think sometimes we don't really have the words that we want for them to mean. I think it's the same concept of how we argued a little bit over MMOs and Path of Exile being one, um, is that it's it's not always cut and dry. And I think with indie, it's really, really tough because a lot of people will sit on the fence where they say an indie game is only if it's one or a few people that are doing it by themselves. And then you have the other people who are like, well, it's fine if they're doing it by themselves, but they can also have a publishing team with them as long as they're the sole creators and the, you know, the people who are defining that moment. But then you also have people who are like, well, if they're not part of the AAA scene and it's their own company, even if they have 100 people, they could still be indie. And it's it's really confusing. Uh, and from our podcast, we kind of stick to the the ways of like if they get to that you know that that crazy high number, usually we kind of cut them off or we won't talk about them as much. But we mm -hmm. also don't like just gatekeep in a weird way when right, talking right. about games in general. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, what we kind of nailed down and and what we've talked about, uh, especially on that episode 100, is really it comes to something that is hard to measure and that's more or less the freedom of decisions and the passion of the creators behind it. And that's not to say that like AAA studios or people who are creating games aren't passionate about their games, but there's a lot of difference in the risks and the freedom of decisions that come from these games. And I think that's what we define as indie is do they have the liberty to make all of the decisions themselves or are they being controlled through a third party that will will deem them not applicable to make certain choices? Like it's the it's the concept of right now, uh, Tencent has just become the full oh, majority yeah. stakeholder in Cly Entertainment, and really? 
Yeah. So Cly Entertainment at this point, the people who created Don't Starve or the people who created Griftlands, depending on how you know them. Um, and they've also created, uh, what is it? Something Oxygen? No more oh, Oxygen? Oxygen not included. Yeah, something like that. So uh, a bunch of different games. They've they've created a lot of great stuff. But now they are majority uh, majority stock is is owned by Tencent, and it's like okay, so are they indie anymore? Because they're they're still their own company, right? And the whole reason they went to Tencent was because quote unquote they would have the ability to make their own decisions, which is kind of our 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 whole quote, right? But it still feels wrong to say they're indie still. Right? right like it's it's a very it's a very weird area and like even though i have you know my own indies podcast indie game podcast and i talk about it every week i still feel like i don't know what it is a lot of the times <laughs> yeah it, it always i mean even outside of video games it's like when you think of indie film even like it's always been kind of a nebulous term yeah right and i think it's hard because also like the idea of an independent studio and a game like a company and creating a game, ultimately your your run up or like what you become uh, will be more popular. That is the hope. And then you kind of fall out of that realm, right? Like because an indie game that becomes popular, you think of something like Undertale kind of falls away from that indie idea because I think a lot of people, what they associate that with is that more low key aspect. And like Undertale is not a low key game, but by its very definition of, you know, an independent person creating it, yes, it is. Right. So it's, it's hard to to measure because everyone has their own definition of what they feel is an indie game. Sure. My long winded answer after going on about how we're running long <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome no that was good that was that was good to hear because i was i was really wanting to get that uh, get that from you i was i was curious what you had to say about that yeah even, it's even, something i i always love to talk about especially yeah. since it comes up a lot <laughs> <laughs> all right uh anybody want to mention anything for current gaming subcast any current games that you just want to mention that you've been playing real quick in and out anything mm, uh something i relatively go back to that i think people should check out if they like uh kind of roguelike fps type games uh check out gunfire reborn it is super fun and it is only like nine bucks i think huh. uh super cheap but it's got like four different characters the developers are constantly putting in new uh new items new bosses new monsters uh it's a game where in its sense it's a roguelike where you're constantly playing the same uh map so to speak they're to some degree procedurally generated in uh not procedurally generated really but like they're they're randomly generated as far as what type of maps you're going to get but it's all the same like world one world two world three uh, but you play these characters, which at the end of each level, you're able to upgrade random perks that you get. And you also have these scrolls that are uh, very same random perks that equate to all of the the characters rather than specific to one specific class. And it's constantly building uh, a, a fun, you know, type of build based on what you get and what you think is going to benefit you. And it's just a super fun game that you can play with up to four or well, te technically up to three people. It's a four player game. Cool super good i would recommend it jay any current gaming subcast games uh 
I bought Age of Empires Definitive Edition, the final version of it, and I've been playing it a lot. Very fun. Uh, it's a great sort of uh, facelift to the original, to the original, 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 whichever freaking version was prior to this one uh, for Age of Empires. and did some nice quality of life things. So been watching a lot of competitive play for Age of Empires and, and getting into it. So been spending a lot of time on that recently. Cool. Uh, I got, uh, I've been playing a bunch of Hades, as you know. I got back into that after you told me you had been playing a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. one, one, definitely indie game that i want to give a quick shout out to a really small one is josh have you i don't i don't know if you guys have talked about this one uh space court space <laughs> court oh that? it's so funny it is made it's like one of the more genuinely funny games i've played it's a uh it's just a game where you're pretty much just making decisions okay you know it's 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 heavily inspired by uh plumbers don't wear ties clearly Oh yeah! All right, so it's got eight decisions. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no. So real quick, it's a uh, it's you are a judge. You have it's like your first day on the job as a judge in space court, and you have these aliens coming to you with their problems and stuff, and you're supposed to decide like what happens. And that's that's it. It's a very funny game. It's like one playthrough is very short, maybe an hour or so. The game's only like five dollars, but I'm telling you, like. I've I, I think I genuinely laughed out loud a, a few times. There's like this one alien who's just a big giant monster of some sort. He can't even fit inside your courtroom, and so you only see like his eyes peeping through the door at you when you talk to him. And he's <laughs> he, he's really stupid, and you have to talk to him in like very simple sentences. Like I think his name's Porg, and there's this one other alien that is blue and he comes to you with his problems but porg keeps eating all of the blue aliens people so you have to tell him like porg blue aliens not food and uh (laughs) he'd be like but blue food yummy and you're like no porg no eat blue aliens and uh but like one of the other funny things is the blue alien he always comes to you with like all these really like menial issues that are not part of he'd be like I lost my car keys. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and you're like, you can be like, this isn't part of my responsibility. Or you can be like, you know, I'll, I'll get, you know, I have a lot of things, but I'll get to this when I can. And he's like, Hey, uh, just so you know, um, there is a problem like with, with my, uh, apartment's air conditioning. I, you need to do something about that. So you can like either just tell him to fuck off pretty much or be like, okay, you know, I'll see what I can do. And, uh, at one point, uh, there's a guy who comes to you. He's like, Hey, we got a problem. Uh, there are some, some live weapons of mass destruction on board our station right now. Like the station that you're on. And mm-hmm. you're like, we'll tell him you're like, we'll get them off. And he's like, well, the problem is I can't because they're sentient beings and we're not allowed to just order them to leave. So <laughs> you have to talk to him and it's like this missile that's got a big smiley face on the end and he's talking to you and he's like, where should we, you know, like, what can we do? And you can be like, you know what? I know exactly where you need to go. And you can tell him to go to one of the other aliens, like pla- like home planets. Like if you're, if there's a particular alien that you're sick of, you can just be like, you should go to this place. I heard it's a really cool place to check out. Uh, that's like the whole game is just this, like talking to aliens, trying to solve their problems, trying not to piss them off too much. It's, it's, it's a really, really funny game. I, I definitely re- recommend checking it out for, for the small $5 price point on that one. Yeah. It's actually only $3 on steam. $3. I just picked it up. 
Yeah, I just picked it up. I'm oh, like, okay. Right, I'll do it. Good, good. <laughs> I, I want. I I definitely want to hear you talk about that on on IndiePod because it's uh. Yeah. genuinely and it seems like there's there's good opportunity for like multiple playthroughs like my my only complaint is it doesn't like you get to like obviously there's a conclusion at the end you see how everything turns out but there's no like visuals of like oh this happened to this guy's planet or this happened to this guy's planet it's just like yep boom you're out boom this happened to you here you go and and that's (laughs) the end but but you can play through it multiple times and get you know different outcomes for for all of the alien races it's it's really really fun so uh, yeah, right. Space Court, and uh, and besides that, Honey Pop Two came out, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Everybody, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, uh, our our next top five. Oh shit, we didn't go over that. Our next top five is going to be series that have survived much longer than you would have expected, uh, based on like the you know the first entry or two. That's what we're doing for our top five. Next, our, our current game of the quarter, which we're going to be talking about two episodes from now. It's probably going to be sometime around March 30th is The Secret of Monkey Island. The game of the quarter is where uh, where Jay and I are both going to be playing the same game. And all of our listeners are also invited to play the game and send in their thoughts on it. So that is The Secret of Monkey Island. That'll be two episodes from now when we discuss that. Uh, follow me. I'm at King Octavius on Twitter. Follow the podcast at Class Gamescast. Send in your emails, whether it's for top five or for Game of the Quarter or just for anything else. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Josh, where can we find you? Where can we find IndiePod and all that kind of junk? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore George 90 because some guy has the underscore George and posts like once every four years and won't <laughs> go away and just give me the name that I deserve. Asshole. Um, I know, it's it's awful. One day I'm gonna he's going to reach out and I'm going to finally find out who that person <laughs> yeah, let's is. He's try selling it to you. I mean, yeah, well, I'm not going to say I'll buy it because then he'll really reach <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, don't say it. <laughs> Um, but you can find me there. You can also find me. I, uh, very infrequently, probably I'll pick it up when the new DLC for Binding of Isaac, uh, comes out. You can find me on Twitch streaming at the underscore George. Um, and then you could find IndiePod at IndiePod on Twitter. Pretty easy to, to go. And we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, we don't have a custom URL because we're uh, lamos who just aren't big enough yet. Um, but we do have, uh, you know, you could just type in IndiePod into YouTube and our uh, channel would be there where you can watch live, well, not really live, but like recorded uh, video versions of all of our episodes as well as uh, we do live streams on Thursday, both Vaughn and I, and we upload those. We play random indie games uh, every Thursday night, so you could find us there. I think it's on Vaughn's Twitch stream, which I don't remember, so it's fine. You could find, it's fine. You could find them, uh, you know, just going through IndiePod. You'll see them on YouTube. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, and also... Both IndiePod and us are members of the uh, HP Video Game Podcast Network. Check out all their other awesome stuff. Jay, am I leaving anything out? No, I think you got everything. Hell yeah. Then, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Josh, I'm sorry that we kept you on for fucking like four hours almost. No, Holy that's shit. I know that's quite all right though. I uh I wanted to definitely say before we end this thank you for letting me come on. It's always fun hanging out with you guys even though it does go a little bit late, but I mean, <laughs> I'm glad to be here. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We appreciate you coming and and for and for hanging in. Um yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We will be back in about 3 weeks. We'll see you then.
Take care. Bye, everyone.